What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Game Over Greggy Show. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the producer slash seducer, Nick Scarpino. Hello. Hey, how are you? I'm well. Tired. Cool. Yeah? Yeah. This is most we've talked. In a while? Yeah. No. I haven't seen in a long time. Two days. This feels longer. It has been like kind of funny live. We did. You we just... chatted a lot. No, we didn't. We were running around doing things. That's true. That was a that was a rig and roll. That was a good rig and roll. That was a huge rig and yeah. roll. It was great though. Over there, the pure one, Tim Gettys. Hi. And rounding out the core cast of the game over, Greg Shore, the original four. The pride of Long Island, Colin Moriarty. Good to be here with you, Greg. Good to be here with you, sir. How are you? I'm well. Thank How's you. everybody rested up? Kind of Funny Live was last weekend. I hibernated the last two days. Yeah. And it was just like, I didn't know a human being could do that the way I did, but mm-hmm. I did. Dude, you wrap yourself up in a little blanket little, burrito and watch God. some TV? No. Watch some YouTube? Just slept. Play some Vita? Just didn't. No, I didn't. You I didn't. Bitch. Yeah, I, I still have it. I'm, I'm like, I'm waiting to, to load it up with some goodies from Momocon. Ah! Yeah, mm. we'll play a little shuffle night on the way to, to Atlanta. Yeah? Yeah, it's going to be good. If you great. want to get Freedom Wars, we can play Freedom Wars ad hoc on the plane. Oh, so, you know, that's yeah. an option. Got to be careful. Out. It might might mess with the uh, the, plane's the plane's telemetry. Electronic. By the way, did you read the story <laughs> from the FBI this past weekend about planes? No, tell me. Someone, there's a guy, a hacker, like a computer science guy in the United States, Is he the guy that has been using the entertainment systems on different planes to hack into the telemetry and the piloting software from the cockpit. And Good. figured out a way to do this and did it apparently eight times, including once where he deleted code and the plane like jerked. Why and, would like, he do this? Just because he could, he could or like to show he could or whatever. And then it was like all so people he actually gave kind of like talks and stuff about how this was hypothetically possible, but then the FBI was like, No, you really did it. We know you did it. You know? And yeah. there's like all this stuff was going it, on. Was it, yeah. was it one of those like we know you did it? And then they just waited to see if he'd confirm that. And then he's like, Oh damn it, you got me. Like, ha, we didn't know until yeah. you said that just now. <laughs> they don't really tell you that. Cops can lie to you anyway. That comes that's, out like 60 really years later. Is that in the later movie? in the thing? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't uh, realize that. Just reminded me that's like I was frightening stories. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty big news. So yeah, that's the thing. Whenever, you know, when the Virgin America plane reboots, you get the little Linux penguin. You, you, and you're he's like, chilling, mm, he's this doing is why stuff. PlayStation Four, Play, th- PlayStation Three, removed this because mm-hmm. that penguin, he's a slut. He'll let anybody in. God, My he's God. A whore. He's yeah. A apparently, there's like these uh, these like computer hubs underneath most seats that are like the like central. Yeah, they have. You never seen them? Like you always get. You, have you ever not been on the plane where you're like your friend and the person next to him have fine leg room, but then you get the media box in front of you, so you can't put like one leg forward because no. it's this giant hub. On international flights, there's like always one seat that sucks every like twenty rows because it is the entertainment like. Breakout oh, yeah. box like the router for all this stuff like it's, it's just a big ass hard drive that plays like all the ones from you know the, the plane mm-hmm. like that row behind yeah you get that every once in a while but like how is that even possible he why wouldn't those systems be standalone on their own yeah yeah why don't we have all the entertainment the story's shit crazy like he apparently used like USB cables that he like altered to like be able to plug into these boxes and then like overrode shit to get directly into like the the how's he noticing it's assholes like that now don't get me wrong like i'm fine if this guy had altruistic intentions of like saying hey this is a security thing you guys should really listen to me okay i'm going to prove it but now we're going to have to take our pants off somehow this is going to equate to us having to I'll take our fucking for it all pants off when we go through security like we're going to have to go through naked at a certain point cuz we're gonna be like we got to make sure you don't you're not hooping any modified usb cords you're up hooping. your ass <laughs> you know pooping out you hooping oh Plug, is that what hooping digital. means? Hooping, yeah. It's a, I think I'm using that. It's like a correctly. hard poop. No, I don't think that's exactly what I heard it on a prison documentary once where they were talking about hooping, where he's like, you got to hoop that. Oh, no, my friend that went to jail talked about hooping. He said I had to hoop stuff up my butt. <laughs> he did not have to hoop stuff up. How he long did. was he, he in went, prison he for? He was in like a state prison for like, it was one of those like. How did you meet this guy? He was a friend of a friend. Do you hang out with him still? No. Can we have him on the I show? I hung out with him one time and he was, because he was, 
He's one of those guys that was like, look, it wasn't my fault, but I got put in jail for kidnapping. And you're like, how is that not what? your fault? For kidnapping. Wow. It was some it was some stupid thing where oh no, it wasn't kidnapping. What it was was murder. He was he got he said it was all a misunderstanding. Of course, everyone that goes to jail, it's always a misunderstanding. Never their fault. Right? Always always their fault. We always saw Shawshank. Someone else's fault. Well, in that regard, he actually was innocent. He did not kill his wife in Shawshank. Remember, that's what they said. Is that every, well, spoilers um, number one? Right. But uh, they also were like though, like everybody. Didn't you know everybody's innocent? <laughs> right. That's true. So my friend at the time, he was and a then friend he of goes, a friend. And the waddles. And the waddles receded. So he said something to the degree of, and I didn't catch the whole story because right about halfway through, I was like, "This is a person that I need to stop and like, never hang out with again." And I told my friends, I was like, "Don't bring that guy around. He's bad news. Mm-hmm. He's just going to get everyone in trouble." They're like, no, he's a good guy. I'm like, he just told me a story about coming back from a concert. He picked up. He picked up a hitchhiker and then got pulled over, and the hitchhiker had like guns on him. And he was like, well, I got sent to jail for a month because I was like apparently transporting guns over he state lines or some shit. He went for a month and still had to put stuff up his butt? Yeah, because he, when they when he went to the – he said it wasn't prison. It was jail. So it was like a – it was like a – not a hardcore state-run sure. penitentiary. But he said the way it works when you go to the when, – when he went to this particular institute was – that the prisoners, for the most part, run it. Like they, there are there are big, wide open rooms. It's not like you're in cells. You're in basically a giant room, um, similar, I guess, to Orange Is the New Black. If you've seen that show, where I have it's seen like that one. it's a big room where people are there. And he goes, and you have like different areas where they take a prisoner and say, okay, you're in charge of this room. Make sure it's like if there's any problems, you tell us. Which sounds like the worst possible yeah. thing you could possibly do. And he said, of course, you know, the first day he got jumped and he had to like try to fight or whatever and he's like eventually what i had to do to survive not survive but like not get the shit kicked out of him every day was he had to like take things from point a to point b and the way he would do that was grease him up and put him where grease him up put him where only mom's seen if you know what i mean yeah Damn. the sun don't shine yeah, the sun don't shine don't just wink at me it's creepy when no one else sees you <laughs> <laughs> That's even worse. yeah he talked about hooping stuff and i was like what the hell is hooping it's like hooping is when you put up your butthole and you go you go from one place to another. Butthole's place. such a weird word, man. Butthole's Especially when it's word. a grown man speaking yeah. to another grown man. Yeah. I have a question. Yeah. About Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Great. I, I think just we just we just push Nick's final topic out the window, and this is the topic now: putting things up your butt in prison. That's fine. Go ahead. Uh, Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Um, Shawshank Redemption came out in '94, and it's about something that happened in like the late '40s. Mm-hmm. You were talking about spoilers for Shawshank Redemption. Absolutely. Now, is it possible that there's a different spoiler rule for Shawshank Redemption because it already had happened earlier, even if it's fiction, and then it came out in 1994? In other words, are the are the are the spoiler rules fake for a movie or are different for a movie like Catch Me If You Can? Because that we story already, had already it's a happened. True story. It's a true story. Mm-hmm. It was already established that happened. Sure. And then the movie came out. It's like Titanic. Yeah. Like, is it possible to spoil mm. a movie like Titanic? There's elements to Titanic. Yeah. I spoiled for Poe's mom that Leonardo DiCaprio died. Thought it was pretty obvious because, you know, they didn't show him as an old man in the trailer. Mm. I think we should know, We wouldn't know. We already saw oh, the very yeah, but he could have at the end. He could have just showed up. up. Like, when she's, when she's on the railing, she, like, lets go of the thing and he catches it. He's like, what, are you out of your fucking mind? That thing's worth billions. His <laughs> 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 back, you rich man. <laughs> oh, Damn. I was like, and then you know. just like just <laughs> recedes back into the mist. Um, I think, as far as Catch Me You Can and Shawshank are on the same level of like what I just said, like the fact that he was innocent. You figure that out in the first five minutes of the movie. It doesn't. That's matter. what the movie's That's about. Not what it's about like it's you about him. You don't know surviving. Eh. They show him loading the gun. You're not 100 percent sure if he didn't do anything. I think about his story's flimsy at best. That's true. Maybe he did kill her. Maybe he didn't. He, no, he didn't. That, that other guy did, who laughs and kind of looks like a mean right. And then they throw him off a roof or something yeah. like that, or they like kill well, him. Remember, he's like, I got, I got. Oh no, they snipe him. They shoot him in the back or whatever. Well, that, no, that's the guy who that's knew a about it. That's yeah, yeah, that's, that, that was the guy who was going to testify. God, fantastic. I just saw that movie not too long ago again. Such a good first time. It's a really good movie. That's um, when I fell in love with Clancy Brown because he scared me. 
Which what? was Clancy Brown? Clancy Brown's the the uh, the, the, the guard. The guard. Who beats the shit out of everybody. The he's guy also from Highlander. In voice of Lex Luthor. I guess he's in Highlander. He's now in the Flash. He's the Kragen in Highlander. Well, he's also in the Flash. Here and the voice of Lex Luthor. We are born to be kings. Ah, Something about the universe. Did you hear that song play? It kind of funny laugh, yeah, by the way. Real amazing. quick, is that yeah. from Highlander? Yeah, I never knew. It, the, it's just the, the way Star the story song. goes is uh, apparently when they were making the movie Highlander, they showed it to Queen. Like Queen was in town. He's like, hey, you guys should come by. I got this awesome movie that I hey. want you guys to do a song for. And they all watched it. And each and every member of Queen was like, that's amazing. We want to do the whole soundtrack. And so they ended up doing like four or five songs for it. Oh, one of cool. which was that they they made that song for that movie, apparently. What's but it apparently, called? Princes of the Universe? I don't know what that song's called. I think it's called Princes of the Universe. Good enough yeah, for me. Yeah, I don't know. I but they it. did that. They want. They did Who Wants to Live Forever as well for that. So, Who Wants to Live Forever? It's amazing. Wow, that was pretty good. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we might really like, get a copyright. That was back it. in the that was back in the day when you just like there was still magic left in the world, not all this homogenized <laughs> bullshit that we have now. Damn. Superheroes. That was back when Freddie Mercury could watch a movie and be like, "I'm gonna make the entire soundtrack for this because I'm Freddie Mercury." That happened yes, recently. Just, somebody no. popular. Some movie. They do it all the time. Jay Z did it with uh, American Gangster. Okay. Jay Z and Freddie Mercury are pretty yeah. pretty similar. Pretty similar. Yeah. Exactly. Cut from the, the same, same cloth. You should read, just as a quick aside, I've talked about this, I think, in the past, but there's a great story on the internet somewhere on some site about how they made Bohemian Rhapsody. <sighs> specifically because they didn't have the tools necessary to make it. The, like, Bohemian Rhapsody wouldn't be a difficult song to... It would be a difficult song to write and perform, yeah. but it wouldn't be a difficult song to put together, especially, like, after the bridge. Sure. When it all goes crazy Scan or whatever. And, like, how they were recording layer after layer after... So it's like... You know, like that right. part or whatever. Like they were just recording over and over and over again and like modulating the tape basically and like doing all these like crazy <laughs> recording t- tricks to like use the very cruel tools of the time to make a song sound that fucking good. And that song sounds like it was recorded today. That's crazy. You should go fucking read about it. I never, th- I never thought about that. You don't, you don't actually think about that now because the tools, even with film where you watch – um, you watch like an indie movie or whatever that has effects, and you're like, "Oh, that's so easy yeah, to do." Yeah, it's easy. Anyone can fucking do but that. But then you go back and watch Poltergeist, and you're like, "How the shit yeah. did they suck the house into that little hole?" Like, and then you hear about how they had to do it, and they're like, "No, we had to rig a whole house up and cut it in parts, specific parts, wire it with cabling all the way down a hole to a Mack truck that when we called go started going, and it we had one shot at this. It took really? like a month and a half to set this. it up. They rolled like four cameras on it just to make sure they got an angle on it. Yeah, and the yeah the guy I think it was um I forget who the Craig DP T. was. Nelson. No, uh, well, he was in it, yes, yeah, yeah. but... He's coming back. They have, like... Coach! Coach is coming back! I know, I know, I, know. I can't believe so it. Throw the Muppets, by the way. Which is I know, awesome. so I'm less excited. Um, yeah, so Thanks I guess they had, like, one shot at it, and they got it, and That's it actually ended up working. They had, like, structural engineers. Well, so it was a big like house? It was a real house? They yeah, it was, like, like a scale... Full-time? Like, I think it I think it was a f- an actual full, like, wow. modeled house, yeah. But I, I don't know. It's crazy. But nowadays, they would just plug that in the Cinema 40 and be like, hit a, like hit the make magic button, and it just goes... Hit the Poltergeist yeah. button. Yeah, hit the Poltergeist <laughs> button. Has, is anyone planning on seeing the new Poltergeist movie? No. no. I no. I love Poltergeist, but I have no intention of seeing the new one, especially because it looks like a shot-for-shot remake. It does. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't look exciting. Um, Are you guys planning on watching Pitch Perfect 2? No. I'm, I'm sure I will. probably going to. I'm going up to, to Tahoe this weekend as of this recording, which will be mm-hmm. last weekend once this hits, but to see to uh, for Memorial Day to visit my sister-in-law and brother-in-law. Now, here's what they said. I was I was assuming we'd see Pitch Perfect 2. So last weekend, I called up Sean Finnegan, and I went and saw Fury Road. Oh, you saw it? And then my sister-in-law texted me back, and she said, no, don't see Fury Road. I want to see that, because she's a huge Charlize Theron fan. Like, too bad. And I was like, well, I just saw it. Then I watched it. And Wait, what? I, I watched Fury Road. I've seen it. 
It's amazing. But in the timeline you just laid out, you lied to your sister in law. No, 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 no. She said, Don't go see it. And I said, I've already I just, I've already saw it. I, I just watched it. So we'll, I'll see it again with you, is what I told her. Kevin's on the same page as me. That okay. I said, I uh, misspoke. You're like, Sorry. You're like, Well, I just watched it. And then you go, And then I watched it. <laughs> no, my wife. What, what, like, what, what, oh, what happened was I told, I texted my wife and I was like, Ask Logan if she wants to see it. It was my sister in law's name. Um, like X Men. Like X Men. And she didn't get back to her until. I got the text after I saw the movie. Sure, She's sure, like, sure, oh, sure, sure. Look. She said, wait on seeing it. I'm like, well, I already saw it, but I'll see it again. It's one of those films that – have you guys seen Road Warrior? Are you familiar with Mad Max at all? I mean, yes. I know that. I, I am. Do you remember watching Road Warrior for the first time when you were a kid and going, this is so unbelievably fucked up that I probably shouldn't be watching this? Yeah. I remember – I remember. I still remember watching Mad Max and being like, uh, what the fuck is this? Yeah. But like in a good way. Like I've never – I still have never seen anything like it. Like there's, it's so unique. So Fury Road is that again. Somehow they managed to recapture that. And I'm 35, right? So I've seen more movies like that since where I'm like, okay, this is for for sure shock value. This movie is unique in that there is nothing else like it. It is literally a, I don't, I hate to use the word tour de force, but Ah. it is like a just spectacle the entire Mm. time of fucking violence and twisted chaos and it does not stop until the very end and you're like okay and you get up and you're like that movie was it's one of those movies where you walk out and you're like that took a piece of me with it it didn't give me something it took a piece of me with it (laughs) you know what i mean and like it's that it's that standard george miller like shock value and i don't mean shock value in like where you see saw and you're like oh that's gross out i mean like the visuals the things that they think of to show you you're just like how does a human being think of that how 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 does human being like the world is so unbelievably well realized and so screwed up at the same time that you're like it, it's shocking it literally is shocking and it's just like it was when in the 80s when I saw Road Warrior for the first time with the guy with the hockey mask and like the kid that was like throwing the boomerang you're like what the hell is going on in this movie <laughs> yeah it's awesome I mean that's it's and that's awesome. what I say like I I feel like it's lost on so many people how much Borderlands is inspired by Mad Max hmm. and yeah. I think I think that's like really lost on a lot of people it is and I think that I mean I I think it's easy to notice that immediately but. But like the but for some people it's not noticeable and I'm hoping now that this movie has come back with its aesthetic people are like oh yeah like this looks like Borderlands because Borderlands looks like Mad Max yep you know and and um yeah Mad Max is just special and fucking weird what I didn't realize about Fury Road I will see Fury Road probably wait till it comes out but because I really do like Mad Max you should see it in the theaters is, we'll talk after okay you said that about is, Interstellar and we still haven't seen Interstellar and we both wanted to see that movie so. Yeah. But what I didn't realize about, up. what I didn't realize about Fury Road is that he had been trying forever to get it made. Like mm-hmm. I had no idea that this movie was like twenty some odd years mm-hmm. pretty much in the yeah. making, even with the same name. Yeah, like I had no idea that they like, went into production on it, and then I think it was either nine eleven or something happened. There was something happened in the Middle East because they were supposed to film, I think, in Egypt or something like that, and it, they just they got shut down again. Mm-hmm. And so he's been trying to make this ever since. Probably for the last fifteen years, twenty years, yeah, something like that. Charlize Theron's been signed on the entire time, and I, I don't know where I don't know where it's settled where it's settled on Rotten Tomatoes. But after like a hundred or so reviews went up, it had a ninety-eight on Rotten Tomatoes, which I was like, holy shit! Like it's one that's of, incredible. If you go in expecting this film, I'm telling everyone out there to be a standard Hollywood film. If you're going in thinking it's going to be like okay, classic Coke Hollywood three act structure where. You get a nice, beautiful resolution and all this stuff. I'm like, great. It's not going to be that. This is not what George. That's not what he makes. Okay. He the damn the movie is just about the, that world and these and survival and it is fucking awesome. Go in with expectations that you're just. It's not going to be a normal film. Can you watch it without having seen the other ones? Yeah, yeah. It's okay. a. It's it's. It doesn't um, rely at all on the other three. It helps because there's homages to it. Mm-hmm. Like there's a scene where he has a boomerang knife. Like it's a, one of those kind of like. 
I don't know. It's not necessarily a sickle or, or a um, scythe. Scythe. It's more of like just it, it looks very much like the, the boomerang the kid had. Mm-hmm. Um, there are little homages, little touches, where like his armor yeah. is the same as it was before. He has a. They don't really call attention to it, but he does have a knee brace, and you don't know why. Um, but how's going, that an homage? what's that? Well, how, what, how's it? It's not an homage because me. It's a direct reference to the first one. In, in Mad Max, he got part when his family died. Uh, when his wife and his, his kid were run over by a gang of, of bikers, one of them shot him in the knee. Right. And so for the next three movies, he has a limp. And you don't really know why if you, unless you saw the first movie. But literally, gotcha. it's like gotcha. he limps as he runs the whole time. Not so much in this, but he does have a knee brace on in this one. Mm. He has the car from the original one. So you're getting a little bit of – I don't know if it was supposed to be uh, a reimagining or if it was just a direct sequel to yeah. it. You, it doesn't really matter because cool. it's just this world is so screwed up. They, and they set it up very easily in, the, in like – the first 15 minutes, you're like, I got it. Yeah. I'm really excited for it. I, I definitely want to see it. And like last night, I saw You'll Pitch Perfect 2. You'll love it. How was that? love it. Pitch Perfect 2 was, it was good. It was really uh-oh, good. Uh-oh, uh-oh. I mean, it's a sequel. It's totally a sequel to a movie that didn't need a sequel, but it's like, okay, it's more. It's just more Pitch Perfect, which is great. But man, if you put those two movies directly next to each other, I'm pretty sure if you hit play <laughs> on both of them, it'd be like, oh, here's this beat. Here's yep. this beat. Here's yeah. this beat. Like, it's literally... Oh, here's the girls. Here's a party scene. Oh, now they do the little riff off. The right? Bellas have now, no chance like, in this competition, but they're doing it. Yeah, they're turning it around. Is that the plane at LAX? I can't yeah, remember that. Yeah, yeah. It, it was just like that. Um, the, the music that they chose, some of it was really awesome, and some of it was like, mm. There was a bunch of YouTubers in it, which was really cool. Freddie? Uh, Justine? Freddy, no, they, they weren't in it, but uh, Pentatonics, who were an acapella group, and they're fucking awesome. Edward they were Mealtime? in it. And um, Flula, the like German dude that like... Does a lot of weird noises and shit. He he was in it. He was fucking hilarious. It was, it was a funny movie. I think you guys would enjoy it for sure. But it's definitely you don't need to see it in theaters. No, I. I but Anna Kendrick, won't. she's hot. My God, she's so hot. All she's the, so I mean, funny the, the, and the whole cast is really funny. They're all really good, and they yeah. all have their unique things. The Asian girl that like, yeah, just really quiet. whispers. Just, yeah. Oh my God. I the things she says in this movie are like fucked up. Yeah, and it's hilarious. Great. I love the first one. I'll, I'll see this one. Yeah. Um, what I like, what I find fascinating about it is how much Elizabeth Banks has like to do with it. Just well, she like, directed it. Directed it. Yeah. She directed it. Yeah. She directed it. I think she directed the first. No, her husband no. directed the first one. I think, but she produced it. Yeah. She directs. So she's director on this one, and she is in the movie a lot more than she was in the she's first funny. one. Her and the other dude, the characters, yeah. they are so they are so racist. Like everything they say is just like just like wow. Oh, and then there's this one character that's this uh, Latin girl, and it's just like. I don't know how this movie was made because it's like just straight up offensive. Like mm. there's like it's it's to the point where it's like this isn't even funny. Well, guys, <laughs> like, correct, correct me if I'm wrong, but if you're white, you're allowed to make fun of all of the races. Right, correct? that's how it works. Yeah, that's how it works. Yeah, it's fine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, then yeah, it was a great movie. Um, Comedies though, come on, they're allowed to make fun of stuff. I will say, go see Fury Road and go see it on the big screen. I really go want see it. on the biggest, loudest screen you could possibly find. Cool. That's Is awesome. Skylar Aston in that movie? Is he in that movie? No. He is. I'm gonna go see that. Movie. Nicholas yeah. Holt's in this movie though. He, I didn't really okay. Key and Peele. Which yeah. one's the skinny one? Jordan Peele, I think, is the skinny one. Okay, well then Peele is in this movie and he's awesome. How do they not? Ha- how do they not have Key? I don't, that's a, he, that's he's like, like the record producer guy. Like he runs this, like, like he's having a better career than the other guy. The tall skinny oh. guys in a lot more shit. No, they, whenever I see them, they're together. And no, I've seen I've seen I've seen Peele in a lot of stuff lately. He just gets little bit parts. He's, I mean, they're both hilarious. They're both ridiculously talented. Yeah, way more than any of us sitting in this room. Mm. Far, like if well, they were like, "Hey, come don't join my team," Kevin's I would. Sitting in this room. Oh. Hi, Kevin. Uh, Kevin, can you do me a favor? Just come on camera real quick and show your face for everyone that what that hasn't seen it yet. There, there it is. is. That's Kevin, everybody. Look at him. We showed him at the live show. 
What? Yeah, that was good. No, you looked good. Yeah, it was, was kind of dark, so you look intimidating. But I, I still, uh, the, my, I don't watch Key and Peele very often. There's a few funny scenes though that I remember from that show. Yeah. And my favorite one is still the one that makes fun of LMFAO. You ever see? You ever see that no, one where they, no. where it's like they go, <laughs> okay, they're okay. recording a, like they're recording a video for like a fake LMFAO song, like Party All Night or whatever the right. hell it's called. But it's just them recording it over and over and going into they the club. And everyone's like, yeah, they like, can't leave. Like everyone's drinking and like slowly and slowly, like they're going insane and they don't want to be there anymore. And everyone's like partying and doing shots around them and stuff like that. So it's such a good skit. I was like, this is perfect. I like, I, I still hold the one that bangs out my mind every time is, uh, yeah, it bangs out. Is the where they make fun of the the name teacher? No, that one's hilarious too. But the the one the first time I remember seeing those guys was like five six years ago, when they made fun of the college uh, football, the names like people uh, are like my name is Shakira on Shakira on number thirty one Penn State like yeah. whatever and it's it just it goes, it's it's so racist it's so unbelievably racist but since it's them it I, I guess it's, I guess it's okay yeah that's how that works but well, comedy again nothing's it's off limits comedy. Comedy. comedy nothing's off limits in comedy that's yeah. why we can say whatever we want on this show unless you're a fucking crybaby then things are off limits in, that's true. In, exactly in that's comedy. true mm. the substitute teacher one was pretty damn funny too. yeah the substitute teacher one is genius if you guys haven't seen it Keen Peel. I think it's called substitute teacher I think teacher. it's called substitute teacher yeah. YouTube Watch that it. that's baby. a winner yeah, yeah have I you seen it you, yeah, I don't know I don't know if I have like what's, uh, what's, the, what's the premise Nick? the premise is that it's uh, it's hard to describe without giving away the joke but the premise is that um well now we gotta look at oh i think Which, you've talked about this i think before. i showed is you it about it's, names and then yes okay, one of the stop one, stop then everybody goes like yeah. Yeah, yeah okay okay it's funny it's worth it yeah but yeah go see go see fury road wait for pitch perfect 2 to come on netflix yeah de- so pitch gonna... perfect 2 is a perfect netflix movie it did not need to be seen in theaters i enjoy it i like those type of movies so it's like are you one of these it, ones but... all heartbroken that uh, Pitch Perfect drew more money at the box office than Mad Max? No, I was pleasantly surprised that when I went into Fury Road, there was the theater was full. I would have assumed that movie would have tanked because it's not a traditionally, it's not a movie that's anywhere close to mainstream. Yeah. Where like you look at the trailer and you're like, I mean, it's kind of intimidating. It's honestly. very intimidating. Like you see it's that trailer and it's like when you don't know what the hell it's about, it's kind of like. I don't know if I want this, you know? And even even when you go in and you're watching it, some of the techniques that he uses to make the film are very specifically, like, not mainstream Hollywood. Like, like when he does his action sequences, specifically, he shoots them a little, he, like, undercranks so that when they play back, they're faster. Mm. And it has that 70s, like, feeling of, like, we're speeding up the footage, but it's his style. Mm-hmm. And his style is very, very, very specific to him. And you go in and you're like, you kind of just have to go in open-minded. Or on something. That might be interesting, too. But that might have tripped me out. Anyway, um, it's, it's, it's worth it, though. Because, I mean, it's, it's beautifully made, and the spectacle of it is. But you are going to go in and be like, this is a little scary. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's intimidating. It I mean, it seems scary as fuck. It's not a happy-go-lucky world. It's just no, twisted. That's the beauty of Mad Max. I mean, I haven't seen Mad Max in a long time. But that's what I always walked away from it was, like, there just seems to be a lot of influence cast from that movie on a lot of post-apocalyptic and dystopian literature and it's yeah. so or just like fiction and it's so old now that i don't think people realize it like i really don't think people like realize it and it's lost on me sometimes just that desert aesthetic that real like that real fucking like dead desolate fucking crazy ass like you don't even know who you're fighting and why you're fighting them mm-hmm. and like it really does remind me of borderlands like everyone's just wearing fucking they masks they have if, no shirts on and they're like fighting with chains and all that if and it's you like, watch this one specifically awesome. too there is a lot of like because it's a little bit more defined i think when everyone thinks of mad max what you're really thinking about is road warrior not a lot of people remember Mad Max. Mad Max is when the society was still around. Yeah, I remember. And it started wasn't that a, to decline, and he was a cop. At the yeah, time. I remember. I saw that one too. That was. I just remember like a white building, like a big concrete building. Yeah, and like there like, was normal people. There was. And, like, that was like the cop building. Yeah. And, like, eventually, he realizes like the society is 
uh, degrading at such a fast speed that it's like being a cop is useless because no one cares. So he takes his family away to the country. And then what's crazy is actually the bad, the guy that's the bad guy in Mad Max is actually the bad guy in this one. He recast him as the new bad guy. Which oh, that's is awesome. cool. Yeah, he's like 40 years older, which yeah, is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. But he's freaking awesome. He's the guy, if you, uh, if you see the preview, he's got the big skull mask, like breathing apparatus oh, yeah. and like the crazy eyes and the white hair. Um, but yeah, it's this one's a really a little bit cooler because there are a little bit there's a lot more of a world set up. Road Warrior is basically he comes across a town that's trying to that's basically they've made their own town in the desert. They've got water and oil and like they're being constantly bombarded by these like marauders. And so he has to pick a side basically and eventually picks a side of these 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 righteous people and tries to fight the against righteous. them. This one's a little bit crazier than that, but there are like the way that I don't want to spoil anything, but the way they've set up the world and like who these who the bad guys are is a little bit more defined, and it's really cool because it makes kind of makes sense in the context of how the world has has uh, basically degraded to a place where there's the most people fight for the most basic human needs of like water and food and transportation and protection, basically, and that's 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 basically it. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested. I got to go back because I I want to know. I haven't watched Mad Max as an adult. I don't even think, and I want to see how even some of its influence has been lost on me and like and where i can tra- trace at least those first two movies back to and obviously mm-hmm. see this one as well because it reminds me just in the same sense as like i think it's lost on a lot of people and certainly lost on me i'm not i'm not a you know cinema you know cinema freak like you are like mm-hmm. i don't know as much about it but i think we lose sight with sci-fi for instance about how much things like blade runner and alien influenced everything oh yeah and like you can only remember when you go back and really watch blade runner or watch alien and then you're like oh this isn't everything right you know there would be no dead space without Alien. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, you know, um, Blade Runner is, like, ubiquitous almost. Yeah, it's everything. Um, Watch, so, you know, Mass Effect and tell me that that's not influenced yeah. by Blade Runner. Exactly. So it's, yeah, so that's almost why it's so exciting is because uh, I just think about the, the aesthetic of those movies and the desert, specifically the desert and desolate aesthetic of Mad Max. It's not even really like, it's not like a city or recognize it's not the united states right you know so it's 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 australia and it's yeah actually um, yeah that's that's a good point and so it's it's just all like and the middle of australia is just nothing barren so like literally just nothing at all Mm -hmm. so and that is it and that is the aesthetic you know and i like it i gotta go back back and watch thunderdome again wait so is this the third movie this is the fourth there's mad max which what what's the basic twitter version of the plots of each one the plot of each one is that the world has basically been destroyed because of – I don't want to spoil why. I guess like, it's not really a spoiler. You figure it out in the first five minutes of the movie. Basically, what's, what's happened is there was a, a war, and we were fighting for resources, and nukes got unleashed. And it has basically destroyed all of the water supply. And so people fight over water. They fight over oil, gasoline, basically, because that's transport, and they fight over food. And the way in which they do it is you basically have to um, – the style of the film is basically that road sort of carnage. So all of the action sequences, all the main action sequences take place as cars are driving and you see the big, like they have all these crazy ways of attacking cars and shit, like depending on whether they want to destroy them or take them. And so basically the entire, their movie um, centers a lot around that. Um, But the basic gist is his, he plays a character named Max who is, you know, spoilers, who has had his entire family basically, killed in front of him and mm-hmm. he's been out in the middle of no this this barren wasteland a post-apocalyptic world surviving in this badass cop car that he used to have back in the day that he's like souped up and like uh-huh. fortified um and he you know that's it so wait that's, that's road warrior road War- mad the, the original mad max is basically that right where the world is degrading and you're seeing uh-huh. news reports of like how war is happening and people are like all of society is breaking down then his family dies and then road warrior starts with him basically having been out there 
for a really long time in just the wasteland, and he mm-hmm. comes across these marauders that are attacking this town that has water and oil. That's like this makeshift town that's fortified itself, and they're getting killed and slaughtered, and he basically has to decide if he's going to help them, and the way he helps them is by convincing them that they need to get the hell out of there and like get away, just take take the tanker of oil that they're trying to get and just get out of there with it. Um, and then it's and then it, if I heard you correctly, the next one is called Thunder, Thunderdome. There's Tina Mad Max Turner's Beyond Thunderdome. Okay. Now Beyond Thunderdome is where it took a, tr- a turn for the strange. And I haven't seen Beyond Thunderdome in a while, but the basic story is there's a town that he comes across that Tina Turner is the basically like leader of, Actually. and the way they solve disputes in this town is by something called Thunderdome, where and Colin, which is exactly what wrong, you think it is. It's, it's two an men, acapella Two men enter. Right? One man leaves. Right, okay. is the na- is 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 the motto of Thunderdome, and so basically, if you have a discrepancy with someone, or if you committed a crime or a violation of the laws, you go in and you fight someone, and then if they c- and Thunderdome is basically a giant. Remember those um those those playground things that like where the half sphere yeah, is that you yeah. can climb around. It on? looks like elimination well, chamber. It's like yeah, it's that, mm. but strapped to those, if it, you're strapped to bungee cords. And if you can get up to the higher levels of it via, like, running and jumping, there's, like, chainsaws and shotguns and axes and stuff. So, basically, like, and it's their sport. Again, a major influence on video games, specifically. In terms of, like, arena battles and and horde mode and all that kind of shit. Like, oh, my God. Like, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, it's... What I read in these movies is the influence for everything we do. Well, that's why I'm excited. Like, I don't... I have no interest in seeing Fury Road. Like, it doesn't sound like something I'd want to watch. I mean, it sounds interesting. If it's on TV one day, I'll catch it. But, like, the video game I want to play. Oh, oh, Avalanche. I just how I want to play. You know, I I like to... I do that interactive wait. experience. Thing. Avalanche is doing that game, and that and that that game has been long in development. That game looks fucking awesome. Yeah, when you, I, 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 I'm really interested to see like what you think about when it, it comes out. September. I will it comes play out it. the same day Metal Gear comes out. Oh wow, okay. Um, I'll, I, maybe I'll play that one first. Which I feel bad for them because they're probably gonna. Get, I think they'll be okay, but probably not as well. But I can't wait. Avalanche is so good. I can't wait to see. Yeah. you know what they do. Yeah, and when we saw the gameplay tra- trailer, it was open world, run around. The fa- it looks so good, like just in terms of movement to get out there and have open world, open quests. So orange and things. brown yeah. and black. Oh, it's, yeah. it, it captures the color palette. Really. Well, they've got great source material to work with if they can capture like half of what that game's like intensity is the movie's intensity was i think they'll be okay because i mean that's the whole point of these movies is that you're supposed to watch them and be like psychologically jarred because it's a post-apocalyptic apocalyptic society there's no hope it's not we're not coming back there's no MacGuffin where you're like if we can just turn this button right if we can get to this button we're gonna save the world and water no 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 it's just like Everyone's psychotic because they've been living in this world and fighting for so long that they're not normal human beings anymore. They're psychopaths. And if you come across me and we're both psychopaths, one of us is going to claw the other person's fucking face off. Yeah. And that's just what's going to happen. And that's kind of – that's that's his whole his mm-hmm. whole thing, right, is it's not – you're not going in to see Titanic, right? There's no happy ending where she's like, oh, I loved him, whatever. No, no. And it's, it, it, if, this were, if this were Titanic, Titanic, another Titanic would have barreled into it, and the Marauders would have come off and, like, <laughs> raped and pillaged everyone, and then stolen all the shit, and, like, scalped people, and then gotten back on their boat and done it again. <laughs> like, and that's, that's kind of why it's cool, because it, it is sort of like, it does, this one feels literally like we reached back into the late 70s, early 80s, and, and, and scooped it up and just kept it in a time capsule, and that's then awesome. finally released it now. It sounds cool. Yeah, it's it's fun. And, and they just don't make movies like this, right? Like, because you can't, you can't make a movie where ninety percent of it is such horribly like violent imagery that, like, like I don't even know how it got. I have no idea how it got made and how it got through the MPAA and how it got like 
uh, put into theaters because like not sure. an NC seventeen rating or anything. It's, it's not that violent, but it's it's like remember when you saw Silence of the Lambs and you, the entire movie you were like, I'm gonna have a nightmare about this. Like I'm gonna get to the end of this and like think about this and it's gonna scare me a little bit afterward. That's what this is. This isn't one of those like it's not like um, uh, I'm trying to think of an analog to it, but it's not like a Fast and Furious movie where you get out and you're like, oh, that was just oh, cool. Was like, everything was great, fun. Yeah, this yeah. was like you get out of this and you're like. I gotta think about my life for a little bit. <laughs> and, like think about where I'm at. And, Everything like, I've I'm, taken for granted. Yeah, and just like shit, man. There's and Hardy's awesome, but it's not his movie. And spoilers, it is Charlie. It is a movie about Charlize Theron's character. Nice. And that's how kind of Road Warrior was, where he was more of a sort of facilitator. Like mm. he came in and he was sort of the guy that allowed them to sort of realize the flaws in their system and like take them forward. Yeah. This movie is very much about Imperator Furiosa, which is which is Charlize Theron's character, mm. and her struggle and what she's trying to accomplish he just happens to be like he's there and just happens to be like mad max where he's like well i'm here so i'm gonna hey, help, hey, I'm gonna help you i'm gonna well, help you achieve this goal via basically ripping people's heads off yeah. and i mean it's 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 just cool the way they like all the little things they figure out to do that you would need to do to attack a car that was in motion like you see in the in the in the trailers like they have these these big sticks that have counterweights of another human being on the other side is a counterweight. And so if you just like, if someone hops on it and there's a person up here, it goes whoop, like one of those dipping birds yeah, yeah. and you'll dip over and they can like land on the car and like start fighting and stuff. It's, it's just cool. Right. It's, it's awesome. worth seeing in the theaters. I've already cool. spoiled. I'm fucking excited, man. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't know, this is the Game Over Greggy Show. Each and every week, four, sometimes five best friends gather on this table. Each bring a random topic of discussion for your amusement. If you like that, you can get the whole show early over at patreon.com slash kindoffunny. But if you don't want to give us any money, no big deal. Wait till it posts topic by topic, day by day, on youtube.com slash kindoffunny. Then that Friday, we post everything on MP3 services and that same YouTube page. That was a good topic, Nick. Thank you. Tim? Yes. What do you got? So last week we did this crazy thing called Kind of Funny Live. Oh, I remember this. It happened. It's finally happened. We can say that it is done. And it was a goddamn good time. It was fun. So my topic today is I want to talk about it. I want to kind of recap it, what happened there, our experiences, you know, what, what we think the future might look like, all of, all of these things. You want to have our postmortem about Kind of Funny Yeah, let's do a little right postmortem. Here. Let's let the people hear what our thoughts are. Because to be completely honest, we haven't, the four of us kind of sat and talked about it for... no. Like we just haven't had the time. Yeah, you guys didn't come in yesterday. Mm-mm. Took a day off Slept, as needed. Hibernated. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, we we all reunited today and had to do a million other reunited things. Reunited and it feels so When I saw good. Faith No More in 2010 yeah. on their first tour in forever, they opened with that. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. And they all came out in suits. And Mike Patton had a cane. And he really? was walking around like he was all like Old hobbled. Shit. And then they played from out of nowhere, and he threw the fucking. He pulled the Willy. He pulled the Willy Wonka. That's awesome. (laughs) He wonked it. Pulled a Willy Wonka. Kind of funny. Live was awesome. Mm -hmm. We knew going in, it was going to be more than what people were expecting it to be. I was excited to find out that it was when we talked to them about it. You know what I mean? Like, for me, it started days prior when you showed me the videos, the intro videos for the presidential debate, the intro video to the event, stuff like that on your computer, and even that got me choked up. And the fact of like, holy shit, this is a real thing. This is like way bigger than even I was expecting it to be. So to get that to unleash that on everybody and watch them and listen to their actions, right? Like when we were we were hidden away for the intros, right? Getting ready for the presidential debate and hear their reaction and them count down and them do the kind of funny call and response thing. Like it was awesome. Yeah, it was crazy, man. Like I was smiling that entire night harder mm-hmm. than I've smiled in my entire life. Like the in- every picture of me, I'm just grinning. And it's just like that's how I felt the entire time. Yeah. And like I got chills just constantly. Like, just goosebumps. The whole night, I just right. felt so jittery and antsy. And it's like, 
there was never a point of being nervous. It was always just a point of just pure excitement and adrenaline and just yeah. like, oh my God, it was just like a dream come true. And man, it, it just worked. Everything yeah. about it worked. And that moment you were just talking about, like being there and seeing the the set that Nick's brother Matt made and yeah. like just seeing the whole, like the balloons and the, like having all the people come in, the lights and the colors and like seeing kind of funny logos everywhere. It was like, this is insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this is bigger than I thought it was going to yeah. be. And I was one of the ones that planned it. Like, yeah, it's, it's easy for us to lose sight of what we do, right? And the way, and even when we get fan letters or we get packages or PO box mail, right? It's, it's somebody telling you they like your content or whatever. But when it was like, you know, 400 people there who were in love with us and the reaction when we yanked down the tarp to reveal the set, like that was fucking mind blowing. Yeah. You know what I mean? But people want to see this stupid ass freaking castle we live in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think when we when we started talking about kind of funny live, right? It was very easy for us to just kind of default to look. What we really need to do is just get a bunch of people in a room and do the Game of Great Show, um, and that would have been fine. That would have been fun. That would have been a cool event, and that would have been exactly what people were expecting. But somewhere along the line, I think it just became more fun to make a spectacle. It always is going to be. Yeah. And I think I think what we like to do each and every one of us is to try and take people's expectations of what, cause the, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that would have been fine just coming out to support us. I'm, I'm sure people would have come out just to meet us um, all this way. But I think what's cool about what we tried to accomplish. And I think the heart of it was that we wanted to create something that was, didn't just meet people's expectations, but blew them out of the freaking water. Mm-hmm. And for me personally, is I like performing. I like the idea of a stage show. I like the idea of of mounting a spectacle for people because especially now we're never gonna be able to do it again. Now the next year people are gonna be like, okay, these gonna guys these coming. these motherfuckers are crazy. Right? <laughs> like these guys are a little crazy. They're gonna do something fun. Like uh that's that's gonna be cool and we don't know what it's gonna be. It might not be the same thing as always. But um I think that Going in with zero expectations and, and and having letting people see what we wanted to do, I think was part of the thing that kept me going specifically. Yeah, all the way through the two tech rehearsals, load in all that stuff, dealing with venues and stuff like that. Um, but I loved it. It was fun. I mean, it felt like we were performing, which was cool. Yeah, I mean, it was crazy. You know, like I feel like specifically me and you come from a much more production angle than these guys. And you know, for us, we've always been kind of about that, like let's produce something mm-hmm. whereas they've been way more just like we're good at just being naturally do something doing stuff yeah, you know yeah, right. so it's like for us to combine all those skills and kind of create a show around all four of our strengths was super fun and super crazy and like for me the entire thing was if i was going to go to this event what would make me go oh shit and then it turned into what would make me keep saying oh shit yeah right and then it turned into how can i keep me saying oh shit every five minutes right and we didn't want to create a 10 hour thing of just like boring people it's like let's focus on three hours Mm -hmm. where every five minutes something happens that impresses you and excites you and like makes you wonder what's gonna happen next what's gonna happen next and like i think we we did that and that was really cool to see and talk to all the people and have them be like whoa this was crazy and then to to stay afterwards and like take pictures with all of them on the set yeah, yeah. like one by one having them come up and like something that i thought was really cool um was after after the show like a couple of days after people are still using hashtag kind of funny live and we can look on instagram and see all the mm-hmm. hashtags and stuff and uh, i was with my girlfriend and she was just like looking through all the looking through all the pictures and she's just like you guys are doing a different pose in every single picture and you guys look engaged in every single picture sure and she's like that's crazy like 
you guys waiting and taking pictures with everybody, like that's super awesome. But you guys actually giving a fuck about each and every single person, that's what makes you makes this whole thing special. And like when you say they're friends, she's like, you know, the whole best friend thing like that. I always thought it was cute. And I was like, but then I was like, oh shit, this is real. Like yeah. they are best friends. And like that's what makes me most excited about all of this is every single person that was there feels that felt the energy yep. we yeah. felt. They that, felt yeah. like they were a part of it. And the coolest thing about that is I know that every single person there is going to come back next year right. and tell their friends, and it's going to be even bigger and better. We're going to get to do this for more people. Yeah, yeah, there was an electricity in the room, and that, that like you saw it. You know, I was the guy who was doing all the community events with them, so I went to the movies with them on Friday. Obviously, the show on Saturday, and then out to this off the grid, which is like a picnic in the park on Sunday, right? And that connection everybody had with each other and they took it to heart when i put in the welcome packet that if you're here alone turn to your right or left like you're with friends you can talk to them and the, they made those bonds and they all went down and there was like two or three different groups like the sean pitts group nikki's group like all these different groups roaming around san francisco doing stuff and they'd occasionally become one super group and then go off and do that you know what i mean like they were all there together and the way they reacted at the event and then afterwards even but like the at the event with the energy we're talking about right like beforehand like I, i'm at tone deaf you know at rehearsal or whatever super cool dude he knew a little bit about me i knew a little bit about him and that was it right and then at the end of the night saturday after we but we were like he was like the last guy to leave he went to meet you guys mm -hmm. as i was packing up our stuff to leave and like there was that moment of like now i knew what he does and he knew what we do and he, we both knew what this was today and he pulled me aside and hugged me he's like you know this is gonna get so much better. like you know this is something special and different right right like he wanted to make sure that i felt it. i'm like yeah no i totally get what has happened and transpired here you know what i mean yeah that we have made friends that we already knew we had but now they all know each other and they all have a personal connection with us and now they get to go out and go back to real life but come back whenever they want to yeah and i mean that that's the thing is like you know we're talking about the live show but we should actually maybe go through a recap of everything we did for the people that weren't there and maybe don't know. But Well, we're going to um, put some of it up, right? No, but I'm saying, we, like, in this episode, we should probably sure. recap what happened. But, like, we also, we announced the Kind of Funny forums, and that's crazy because we're already seeing all those um, friendships that were made at the show. They've now continued into that forum right. group, and now we're seeing all those people talk, and, like... To it's great, man. Totally unexpected that kindoffunny.com slash forums. There's people there like that are like, I couldn't go, so I'm in Chicago. Let's do a meet and greet here. I'm in the UK. I'm you know, like there's all these different threads about like mm -hmm. our like even the Bay Area fans are like, hey, let's try to get this together monthly. And it's like, yeah. whoa, I never even thought about that. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's really, really awesome. Yeah, that was one of those things where like at the at the end the venue, um, the people that the nice people at uh, Broadway Studios where we threw the event. Um, there's another venue in that building which we didn't even realize, and she was like, "Hey, you know, if you guys wanted to do like like stuff, like smaller things, like we could work out a deal where maybe we I can give you a smaller venue for free, and you can just bring people in and do meet and greets and stuff like that." And that's when it occurred to me. I was like, "Wow, that we could do that," because my idea of like originally I was like, "Oh, we should do one of these live events quarterly," and I realized that would kill us. Yeah. Unless we had way more people helping out with them, which which is which is a possibility as well. But just doing smaller meet and greets is uh, is always really fun too. I remember the one we did at Pax blew me away. I was like f coming into that bar in Boston out of the cold and looking around and going, "Okay, I wonder where everyone is," because the bar was packed. And then realizing that every single person in that bar was there to see <laughs> us, and everyone's like, "Hey, Nick," and I'm like, "Oh shit, you guys are wow, okay." Um, but I want to say the one crazy thing was that like it didn't feel like we were doing a performance for a group of strangers. Oh no, no like no, no. when. Every time we saw or anyone shouted something out, it, it prior to the event, we had had a bunch of our our close close friends or ex coworkers from IGN come and hang out, right? Like Ty Root showed up at six o'clock. He had to run Beta Breakers the next morning, but he's like, "I want to come. Can I come at six? Just say what's up, see the thing, and just support you guys for a few minutes." And Aransky came, and Finnegan came, and Mike Prayer, Mike P came, 
And then everyone else started funneling in. And the difference between those guys that I had known for nine years and worked closely to and the new people that were coming in that I had never met before, there was no difference in feeling talking yeah, to those yeah, people. Yeah. That's what was really, really cool, especially afterward, where everyone was kind enough to wait in line for like two hours for uh, just to kind of hang out and say thanks or say what's up to us for five seconds and get a picture. None of those people felt like strangers. None of them. Yeah. Everyone felt like people that I just had not met yet, but that we had been talking for two forever, which mm-hmm. I thought was really, really, really cool. And everyone, we just have some of the best, like best friends on the freaking planet out there. Like everyone was so accommodating. It almost felt like they were there for us, not the other way around. Uh-huh. And that's what was really, really cool. Where it was like every time someone came out, I can't tell you how many people are like, "Do you want a drink? Do you want something? Like, can oh, yeah. I help out oh, with something? Yeah. Can I put chairs away?" And I'm like, "No, the guys, this is our, <laughs> this is our thank you to you yeah. for all the crazy stuff that you guys have allowed us to do over the years." They're just so nice. Like all of them are so nice. And oh, that was yeah. something. Like, my friends were man. kind of running the merch table, and all of them were like, uh, "This doesn't make sense." Like we're. We didn't have that much merch to sell because we totally we just under didn't know. Yeah, yeah, we just didn't know. We like we thought that like we would be prepared for you guys, but man, you guys wanted stuff way more than we thought. But there was guys that were just like, "Oh man, I'm a large. You only have this in small. I'll take it. I'll go on a diet." And it's just like, <laughs> really? It's just like, yeah, whatever. Like I just I want to support it. And then there was like people that were just like, um, "Oh, here's thirty dollars. Like, oh, the shirt's twenty five. Oh, I don't care." And they just walked yeah. away. And it's like, what? And like and these are people, all that money. these are people that have done retail before, so like they know they're like, dude, customers are usually fucking assholes about stuff. Yeah, it's just like yeah. we just got such a good group of people we that do. just want to be part of this, and they are part of it. Like everyone in that room was part of the show, and that was cool. I I, th- I was telling you guys earlier when we were kind of doing a little bit of a talk about it before the show that uh, I was like, I think one of the f- most fun moments for me was when we had to take a unscheduled 10 minute break so someone could go move their car. One guy parked on Broadway. And great hat that guy was wearing though. And we ended up just standing up there with one mic talking to the audience. That was super fun. Yeah. Because that was when there was no pressure. I was like, oh, we could just be us. Like the presidential debate that we did, I I got really nervous because I was like, this is scripted. We had to do two rehearsals on this. And like a lot of the comedy relies on the timing of it. Mm -hmm. Um, But then everything else after that was awesome. Colin? Yeah, Yeah, I mean, a few things. I I think, A, my nerves weren't bad. Like I, I... um, you know, I used to get really nervous before every hockey game I played, especially because I felt like you know you're the goalie and people are kind of paying attention to you. The and, goalie, the goalie. Uh, well, my duck's two reference. Um, and uh, so I used to get like really nervous and really worked up. And then when I felt my, I, I always just say like I, when I felt the puck for the first time, I felt fine. So like if I made a save or whatever, like just like even a simple save, you feel the puck, you feel good. You know? Yeah. If you let up that first shot, it's really bad. Uh, but <laughs> um, and that happens every once in a while. But um, you know, so like I didn't never had that moment. I felt pretty comfortable immediately. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was in a, I was a drummer in a band that was, was, you know, m- making its bones over on Long Island for several years. And we played some big shows. I played between four, before three, four, 500 people, but I was, we were always the opening act. And that was when I was like really nervous because like people aren't here for us. Right. Like, and we would change minds by the way we played and people liked us or whatever. But that was when I used to get really nervous. So I was tr- I was I was trying to harken back to like in my mind, like what are what are these touchstones in my life where I can prepare for this moment? And the, the reality was there really were none because this wasn't like playing hockey, this wasn't like playing drums in a mm-hmm. band. Um, especially, you know, being behind a bunch of cymbals and no one can see you and it was great. Um so I felt good from the from the get-go. Um, and I think that people really did have an authentic, uh, authentically good time. And I think that one of the, the things that was important for me to at least communicate to you two, and that's why I, I wrote you guys an email mm-hmm. and Kevin was that I think Greg and I get the lion's share of the compliments about what we do because we're just the front facing and I guess most known people on this, in, you know, as an entity of uh, mm-hmm. this channel. And I was like, that's not, that's happening less and less now, thankfully, because people are starting to see that, you know, the input that we all uh, put in. It's like when you write for a website and 
like we used to. And it's like, well, we're the ones getting all the accolades, even though an engineer made this and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a computer, you know, uh, designer designed this and all these kinds of things. They don't get any credit for that. Um, it really was a show that you guys did and we what kind of showed up to. And we don't have the expertise to even help. So it was a matter of like, I was impressed watching you guys work. I was especially impressed with Tim's kind of go gettedness of of like of doing more and more and more and watching Nick work. I thought it was really fun because like we just don't come from this world. 100%, Greg and I. Yeah. And I told everybody on Friday, I was like, when you get there, thank Nick and Tim. Yeah, like, they're the ones who made this. What and it's Colin and I would have fucking sat at a card table and talked to you and then come off stage and drink. Yeah, I mean that's and that's and that's what we did. And, and Kevin too, of course, did a great job. And that's what. Um, that's the thing is, and that was the difference. It's like podcast beyond 200 was fun and podcast beyond 300 was fun. Mm -hmm. This shat all over, (laughs) like all over what we used to do and what we used to think was cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm you know, and that's just, and that's those just, events. That's not a knock at IGN. That's a knock and not even a knock. It's just yeah. that I planned a completely different thing. Right. I planned, you know, the first time we're going to podcast in front of a room. The second time we're going to podcast in a room full of people and Life in 24 Frames and Troy Baker right, right. perform. Oh, no, that's not an insult to you either. It's just no, to no, say, I like, wanted to make both... sure the audience understood that oh, we no, weren't no. saying... No, it just shat all over it. Right. Like, I was one of the stars of both of those shows and I'm telling you. You know, like, it was, it was, it, it, it was like a whole nother level it was a whole nother level of engagement it was a whole nother level of um production it was a whole nother level of fan interaction and and i think one of the things that we haven't talked about yet you you touched on the forums is we announced eight different things that night Mm -hmm. too so it wasn't only watch us perform watch us do the presidential debate the silly presidential debate that you know i you know thought was silly and i I didn't know how i was gonna play and i played much better than i thought (laughs) it was and then we did game over greggy show and and all that stuff, but we announced the forums and the app. We announced uh, several new shows and new T-shirts and mm-hmm. women's sizes for T-shirts and and all these, you know, Colin and Greg live on Patreon now and all those kinds of things. So there was like a little bit for everyone. It's, it was what I was saying before when we were sitting around the kitchen table. I always used to get mad when people would say, you know, Sony's press conferences are too long, and I'm like, I like them; they're awesome. Mm-hmm. They just keep announcing shit, and I care about it. And so right. like that, I think that we were able to hit those notes, and I thought that that was very successful. I think that the overall the 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 word I'd use to describe the entire night in terms of our business is vindicating because mm-hmm. I feel vindicated. We have built this audience, you know, this hardcore, small group of intimate, you know, relations that we have, mm-hmm. you know, um, I don't mean that, of course, in a dirty way. Intimate relations. Uh, <laughs> and they care about the us and they care about each other and they care about each other's well-being and they want to meet each other. And that's one of the things I said on stage, which was like, this was fun. I'm glad I got to meet people and see people again, you know, for the second or third time. But really the interaction with everyone else was what was essential and what was key. And I think, um, you know, this is real. And I said it on stage. I'm like, I think that this is just the very beginning for this for this company and this organization. And we're nervous and we're kind of throwing things out there and seeing what works and what doesn't. Some things work, some things don't. But like this worked and we will do it again. I know a lot of people yeah. have been asking, oh, yeah. like, will we do it again and will we do it other places? Yes. 100%. And I think that, um, we have to figure out, you know, the financial realities of those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, cause we don't want to lose money, obviously. And we didn't lose money on this, but, um, I want to go to New York. I want to, a lot of people are asking us to go to London, London and Toronto are just as requested as New York and Chicago mm-hmm. and LA. And like, those are things we were paying attention to and we have to figure those things out. I don't know if it's realistic, yeah. but we're listening and we're hearing you guys. We had a great time. The, the, the interaction on YouTube is one thing. The interaction on Twitter and Facebook are another thing. And the forums, of course. But, you know, being able to be with you guys in person was, was yeah. very important. Yeah, that's the thing of me. And first off, thank you for that nice email because I did mean a lot. And I'm sorry we didn't respond to that. But I was uh, sleeping most of the day on, on late Saturday, Sunday and early Monday. Um, 
But yeah, that was what that was one of the crazier things when I started looking at like paying attention to Twitter because I kind of went into a cave for a while, and then right around Saturday morning when everything was kind of coming together after that rehearsal, I started looking at that hashtag and realizing that, um, that like ninety percent of the people that came into town didn't even need us. Yeah, they were just like, oh, we're having a blast without you guys, yeah. and like we're gonna happy to see you later. But like we've been having a blast since Thursday night when we all got in. And that was the funny thing. I think a lot of people, a lot of them, didn't realize at the time, right, is that they were running around the city for days, nearly a week with each other, mm-hmm. having such fun, thinking that the big thing was getting to be with us at the on Saturday, right? When in reality, it was just the fact that they got to be with each other and have this yeah. awesome vacation together. You yeah. know what I mean? Like Sunday was uh, Friday and Sunday were so great just to be with these people and hang out. You know what I mean? And like. Sunday, we hung out in the park for like five hours, just laying there eating fried chicken, all talking, That's sitting awesome. around, you know what I mean? Drinking and hanging out and just talking. And it was like one of those things, it was a huge group that came. We had many looks at Off the Grid as to why there were 50 to 75 people together on this <laughs> lawn. But it's like, I, you know, I did my best to make my way around to talk to everybody, try to touch everybody to say, hey, what's up? But even that, that meant that you got... 30 45 minutes with me before I, d- I went to the next group to do something you know what I right. mean like they were with each other they were yeah. you know, they were leaning on each other and they all had a great time it seems but that's yeah. i mean that's the goal right and it's so cool when you talk about the forums where the forums were one of those things we've been working on for a while and that everyone had requested and then finally I got the opportunity to experience uh, our community um on the forums for the first time not as a person that's like oh all the hard work that went into making these things reality not by me by james by the way and huge huge shout out to james shula for making that that all happen um he's a badass we are in his debt um but then i mad men the mad men season finale happened and my wife immediately went to bed because she was like it's 11 o'clock i gotta go to bed i was like but i want to talk to someone about this and then i was like i wonder if there is a thread on this on our forums and sure enough there was and I jumped on and I started going back and forth and, you know, people were like responding to mine. And so that was and then within like, you know, an hour of just kind of checking back in, there was there was a nice conversation going on about yeah. it. Um, and I was like, oh, this is really, really fun. So then uh, two hours later, I'm posting on like the feel like what's the, there's a great thread about what's the last thing. What are you watching? What's the last movie you saw? Fury Road. And 80 people are talking about Fury Road and we're going in there about it. And I'm like, we have a really fun group of people to interact with on any given occasion. Yeah. Like, no, it's, it's just, awesome. It's just cool. It, and, it is cool. I, and no I, one was like, Nick's posting. They were just like, Nick, you're crazy. Like, this is this. Or yeah. this is this. You know, it doesn't, it, I don't see, I don't feel like an outsider or anything that's any far removed from this. I it's feel when like you I'm get in that, that fucking forum and you're like, all right. And that says like, or I'll post it. It's like, Greg's posted eight times. And then you look at somebody else. They have 116. I'm like, yeah, how like, you already posted 100? Yeah, what's going on? <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I think that that's the beauty of the community too is that A, there should be no surprise that we would interact directly with you. I hope that we've removed that facade yeah. and that veil because that's what this is all about. We are not, you know, a few people said to me, a few people real heartfelt said to me when we were shaking hands, and I was at the end, so like we were, there was four of us standing, and people would kind of go to the end and then they would walk away. And I was getting because I was at the end, and people were kind of like walking away. A few times I got distracted because they would talk to me last, and uh, and they'd be like, you know, someone said to me, he's like, no one would do this. No one would stand here for two hours and shake yeah. hands and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, dude, like. He's like, I'm glad you guys haven't been gotten too big for this yet. And I'm like, we're never going to get too big for yeah. this. Yeah. Like, there's always going to be, uh, I don't want to get too big. I, I don't, like, that's not what I want. I do not want to be too big. Like, I want to have this, I want to be able to sustain our lives and grow, but I don't want to become too big. I don't Growth wanna... and too big are two different things. Right. And I don't want, and I don't want 
to ever be too big where I like I can't wade into a crowd of people and have fun with them. And we don't want to plan events for ten thousand people where no. we can't possibly take a photo with everybody. We're in plan events where we can fucking have a touch on everybody. Yeah, it's it's the intimate it's the it's the intimacy that we share with each other that I think is is special and and so we would never get that big and I think that that's but people understand that so when we post in the forum it isn't a big deal because we're we're not gracing you with our presence you're gracing us with yours and like I think that that was kind of the thing we tried to parlay to people um, at this particular event and I I think. You know, I just give I give you know them a lot of credit too, and I want to give a special shout out as we talked before to Sean Pitts because I just think that like it's fine. You know, here's the thing: we all got our jobs through some sort of passion, and I can only speak for myself where like I just made myself known and seen, and eventually Mm. paid off. And man, like Sean Pitts is doing everything right. And yeah, and his, I think and I think that setting up hotel amazing. rooms, setting up meet and greets, setting up like getting people cabs picking from up people from the airport. The I know. Yeah, yeah. We noticed these things, and I re- and I told him because I you know I'm you know I'm the I'm weird like I'm I'm a recluse and like I don't hang out that much and you know I'm like the Edgar Allan Poe of the internet or something like that. So so like the <laughs> so that's so I didn't even know awesome. Edgar Allan Poe was a recluse, but that's but there you yeah, go. Yeah, he was like one of the weirdest motherfuckers of all time. So um, <laughs> that's funny. So. You know, I didn't. I wasn't quite aware. I knew he was one of the, the movers and shakers in our community, but I didn't realize, you know, through my own ignorance, that just what he meant to everyone else and how people wanted to take pictures with him and, and mm-hmm. get him to sign things and do all these things and just talk to him and stuff like that. And I told him twice that night. I'm like, I remember this, and I will remember this, yeah. and I will note this, you know, if and when the time comes that we expand, because you have made yourself known, my friend. Like you have made yourself seen loud and clear mm. you know and i and i think that that's you know whether or not it pays off in the end i don't know but all i know is it reminds me of my own journey yeah and yeah. and no, no, no. and i think that you know it's awesome it's yeah. just nice to see and there's so many people it's not to undercut anyone else because there's so many people there's that so many people that did so many, so many people things that, like there's yeah. there was people members of the facebook group that were like posting like they took a lot of really nice pictures and mayumi what was her name yeah yeah she posted a bunch of pictures and they're beautiful and it's just like uh, she was engaging with people like because people weren't there. You know, there was only 450 people there, mm-hmm. which meant that there's billions of people that weren't. So it's like yes. they, for them to be able to experience like that through just looking at the pictures or seeing all these like fan videos. Like that's that's the thing. If you guys have videos of this show and you guys let me know if this is not right. But like that's right. post them to YouTube. Yeah. Post them. Share them. Like do whatever you want. We just want the word to get out there of how much fun everyone had at this thing. If you're listening to this on Friday, thank you for being a Patreon subscriber. We'll have our video stuff up on Monday. That's the Monday, plan. Monday is the plan. Okay. Of which the HD, so as, by the time this goes up. Theoretically, by the time this yeah. is on YouTube we'll as see. a breakout, you'll but, see it. But like oh. next week we are gonna start uploading all the videos of the, the live show. Everything we can put up. There's some things we can't, but also as a general uh just note. The forums obviously will be a thing that are evolving. They're yes. going to evolve. We are listening to everyone's feedback. We're on the forums. We're reading. We know we need mods. We know we need. I'm sure by this time, the time you guys are hearing this, we're happy. we have a call with James. We're going to figure all this stuff out. Um, but we hear you guys. We're figuring it out. Mm-hmm. We're going to be on top of it, and uh, we're going to make the forums into something bigger and better every day. But going back to the live show, real quick, man, how cool was it to be in a room with people from everywhere? Yeah, from just all over America. People from Canada. I don't know if we had any. Other international people. England. There was some English people? Yeah. Did not know that. See, yeah. there you go. We're fucking worldwide. We are worldwide. And that's awesome. But it's like there were so many people that were not from California at all. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that. even having said that, there's people that aren't from San Francisco. And like, you know, people think like, oh, LA and SF are close. I mean, they're not. Six hour drive. Oh, my, no, yeah. my brother met a bunch of people from Orange County. And he was like, hey, if you guys are like, 
they told him they're like we might do an Orange County meet and greet, and he's like, I'll go. That's, that's <laughs> fucking awesome. But it's like that's the thing is I feel like there's a lot of people that uh, might have seen us announce this show and just been like, oh, I wish they were coming to me. Yeah, yeah. And it's like I think that this is going to be a big eye opening thing to them. They're like, oh, I guess I could have came there and I yeah. would have had friends to be with and mm-hmm. things to do and I could have made a vacation out of it. And like, because I remember for me like going to New York and seeing all the the tone deaf shows like. It took a while. There was like two of them I didn't go to because I was like, oh, I mean, it's so far and whatever. But then I was like, oh, there's people flying from L.A. and there's people flying from Australia and all right, this right, like, right. crazy stuff. It's like, I should do that too. I'm, I'm one of them. That like, was the I'm point we kept trying to make on Colin McGregor Live leading up to it where they're like, well, why isn't it being live streamed? You know what I mean? Or why isn't it going here? And it's like, well, we're learning how to do this, number one. But number two is we want people to walk away from this understanding the mm-hmm. difference between kind of funny live and kind of funny is doing a podcast at momocon yeah right? and like, I there's think that's a the, yeah. stark difference that when you next time we say kind of funny live is happening here you fucking make a point to be there yeah it's i think that uh, yeah i think that's it's safe to say we will never stream we would never stream something like that even if it was like a big thing because just because we it, it, it's the example i use when did i when did i even say this i think it was on colin and greg where i was like i love 311 right mm-hmm. and this is the great example i could use and i think it's a very pertinent and salient example is like i love 311 when they tour i start searching youtube for videos Mm-hmm. And I don't expect that I'm going to find the 1080p soundboard quality recording of right. them playing Sever. I'm going to find some dude in the front row holding his iPhone getting 30 right. seconds of it. And that's about as good as it's going to get because I wasn't there. You know what I mean? And I, and I don't and I don't expect that I'm going to have the same quality experience sure. of not being there as of being there because it's just not realistic. So right. it's, it's, a, it's a similar thing where it's like – then I think I'm like, man, I really got to go see 311. You know, like, yeah. And then I go. And I'm like, oh, okay, now I can see this in person, and it's exactly what I wanted it to be, and it's not that YouTube video anymore. It's so, so there's a difference. Real quick before we forget, before we get off this topic, because mm-hmm. we're getting obviously a little bit uh, long, long in the, the tooth, tooth on this one, is um, Matt Scarpino. Now, yeah. uh, a bravo to Matt Scarpino, because Matt Scarpino, of course, is you can follow him as Scar- at Scarpino Man on uh, Twitter. Really great guy. We've met him before. Obviously, we know him. He's your brother. Uh, we love him very much. Uh, I just want to compliment him for... Um, what I would feel like is an artful, and I'm I'm being totally serious, an artful melding of humor and seriousness, mm-hmm. of professionalism and knowledge, but also levity, you know? And mm-hmm. I think that he, I learned a lot watching him. I think he taught Kevin a lot, which I think is very important for this business. And um, I can't wait to work with him again. And I gave him one of my bottles of bourbon to show him my appreciation yeah, to him I, because um, he's a really, really, really good dude. And I yeah, really like yeah. him. Yep. Matt's Matt's one of those guys that I am who I am because of him. Like he taught me early on that you can have fun while you're working as long as you're getting shit done. And I don't mean like getting things done like you're making sure everything that you're supposed to do gets done. I mean get shit done. Like he for is, is, since college has been um a scenic artist and scenic designer and he runs his own company, Sets Unlimited down in Orange County. Um, but he does so much more than that in that we talk, we talk a lot too. Cause he's like, you know, I want to expand what I do. I want to get into more, um, bigger events. And basically he's a producer that can go into any situation really from TV to, 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 to stage to, uh, now new media and just really thrive and, and, and get like, take the idea of four crazy people and make sure it gets fully realized to a place where it's well beyond what I thought we could have accomplished, um, beyond. And um, that's just his strength. And also just, you know, as a huge shout out to him, he did all this for basically at cost or for free. Like I covered his raw materials and some of his labor for the people that he needed to pay. But for the most part, he did about two weeks of work for me for nothing just because, A, he loves us, loves me specifically, but obviously he loves you guys. He's a huge fan. Um, And B, he just likes to be a part of crazy shit like this. Like, And that that speaks to someone's character too Mm -hmm. because I don't know. I'd like to think I would do that. 
<laughs> but I'm very no, but I'm very selfish, and I, I get very absorbed in our work, and I I very seldom put myself out there to just for a, fe- a purely selfless thing. Like I'm never selfless. I'm very very selfish, and you know I love what we do here, and I pour so much effort into this. But like I can't remember the last time I put that much effort into something for just for the sheer sake of having fun and helping someone else out, and like that's very defining of someone's character that they would do that. And it's 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 crazy to me that he came up and did all that, and he I mean, he basically called our show, and so I you know he's he's doing all sorts of other crazy stuff, and I can't wait to see how much more we can you know um, work with him and collaborate with him on this as well as what he's going to do in the future with all his other ventures because mm-hmm. he's just thriving and he's going to continue to be a badass. Yeah, and I think that you know, yeah, he deserves a lot of credit for that. And it reminds me of like what we're doing with uh, which we'll see more of soon with uh, kind of funny the animated series where. You know, my own brother's helping us out with that, too. Um, and uh, when I saw what we were paying him, I was like, you know, I'm like, that's fine with me if that's fine with him. But I, I mm-hmm. talked to him. And I'm like, are you sh- I know you make. Like, are you sure? This is good. And he's just doing it because he wants to. Yeah. And I think it's the same thing with your brother. He just they like they like participating in this. And I think that we all benefit from that. Definitely. You know? And then, you know, down the ro- road, hopefully we can pay Matt back and we can pay Dagan back. If we get an animated series, we do exactly. a series yeah. of live shows. Then Matt's going to Matt's going to. We're gonna pay it forward for him, yeah. and we're gonna pay it forward for Dagan. So, I like, mean, that's the onus is on us for that too. Yeah, right? it's not. It's not like I, I don't think either of our brothers are doing this for as a, as an investment. They're not. Like my brother's not. He, he's just crazy. He's not looking <laughs> at this going like, all right, this is gonna pay off two years for me in this way. He's just like, this is fun. This is a great thing, and karma will reward because when you put that much f- positive energy into something. The world rewards you. It does. I don't know how. No one knows. It's one of those mythical, mystical no things. But somehow, some way, because all of us, including the people that came to the show, uh, put that much positive energy into it, it will grow and it'll grow into an amazingly gigantic beast, like a colossus that you're not going to have to climb to destroy. You're just going to have to climb to kind of hang out with, which would be fun and get yeah. and get from place to place. Um, okay, you guys, I can I can hear it in my own voice how tired I am. We all sound like this. But yeah, I mean, like I sound it, fucking awesome. You, do. you got the five o'clock shadow, which means yeah, I, 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 I know shaved, that I haven't you haven't since kind of funny live, and I won't Ooh. shave again to the next kind of funny oh live. Grow that beard. No, I'm not gonna do that. I do hope I, I do want to do it again though. As, as crazy as it is, it's one of those shows where like there's like a almost a depression after where we're like, oh, oh sure, yeah, so yeah. much energy yeah. into it. And now I'm like, I really do wonder what we could do next. Dude, year. I'm calling it right now. We're gonna do it again next year. Oh yeah, this is gonna be an annual thing. I'm, again, I'm not confirming this. I'm just saying, like, if everything I want to do goes to plan, we're gonna make it an annual thing. I do not think it will be called Kind of Funny Live next year. I think it's gonna be something bigger. Kind of Funny Mania. Kind of Funny Con. Kind of Funny Expo. Kind of Funny. Who knows? Expo means something different. We, we can't call it Kind of Funny Con Why? because there's already a KFC, and it's. He's the colonel. Okay, Tim. <laughs> you can't screw with the colonel. I don't know, man. But we can yes, call it is. an expo. We yeah, can. whatever, whatever We could is. call it con. I'm just joking. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'd have to call it, it is, talk like, about I, KFC. I, I, I want to make it something bigger, and I want like, which is crazy to say, but like, I no, think... I do too. I mean, when we talked about this, we talked about inviting our friends, like all of our indie dev friends, to come and 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 have their games there, um, and that just became an unfortunate. Uh, that kind of fell by the wayside just because we just we we're only four people planning this thing. But I would love to start outreach for it earlier and try to get people sure. on board. Like that whole back room could have just been games that people could just sit there and play. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's all, all uh, sorts of WWF No Mercy was there. And people played it. Yeah, I did. I, that was the, that's how I ended my night. I want you to know. 
that I went in there against the guy, a great fan named Cameron, who had bought a Lucha Libre mask in Saw San him. Francisco for that. And we went in there, and for the record, I beat the living fuck out of this guy. Holy shit, did it feel good. Because I was like, <laughs> I'm going to go in there and be exhausted. Yeah. And not to mention that every time I play No Mercy, I'm never like I was back you know, yeah. in high school when I played No Mercy. You're and I was, the, I was the rock in a hardcore match. He was Kane, and I just beat the shit out of him. And then I, the only... The only it, it was both awesome and not so awesome is that as the rock to finish it i did the people's elbow ran off with my special and then came up to the body and i don't remember this but i guess when you get back to the body you have to hit b or something to drop the actual elbow so i just ran around the ring came back to him and then just stood over him and then i just laid on top of him and pinned him and still beat him and i was like how embarrassing is that cameron you don't even need to get hit with the people's elbow to lose kane sucks (laughs) and then he left the building and they turned off the lights that's awesome (laughs) that's awesome before we move on real quick, I do want to give a shout out to Tone Deaf, who is yeah. one of my greatest role models in my life. And I can't believe he flew out from New York City to perform awesome. at Kind of Funny Live. And that was a crazy moment for me for so many reasons. But specifically that I was a little worried because I was like, Tone Deaf is a very like technical rapper. And he's performing in front of a group of people that aren't necessarily into rap music. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like we, me and him talked and we tailored the set to have very – he did four songs and each one had a very specific thing. He made a custom song about us, yeah, yeah. which we'll release. And that's fucking crazy for you guys to delve in and actually see what he's saying. Then when he did a song called Pervert that's like a comedy song. And I'm like that totally up the alley of our people. That would yeah. be great. Then he did one that's just showing off how fast he can rap, which is like a cool party trick. And then he ended with this one where – it's like a mosh pit song where everyone gets down and jumps up and goes crazy. And it's like, I was like, if people buy into this, they're going to have a lot of fun. I'm worried they're not going to, but if they do, it's going to be great. And then the moment that he got on stage and like, he just had the the stage presence that he has and just like, like as entertaining as he was, every single person in the building was just like, all right, cool. Yeah. I will. Yeah. I'll get into this and I'll try. And my God, being on the balcony and seeing everyone jumping up and down to tone F, I was like, they did it. Thank you guys for supporting Things I support. Like, you know, that was an unreal thing where it's just like these people are amazing and they all just want to exude positivity. Sure. Thank you all for that. Thank you, Tone Diff, for coming out. Thank you, everybody. Thanks to Troy Baker also. For yeah, I was going to say, this is a dangerous slope to go down because yeah. I don't want to forget anybody. There is a credits that I, I'm assuming we're releasing as we a standalone video. So, yeah, thanks, Troy, for moderating the debate. Thanks, Dave, for narrating everything. Yes. Dave Fenoy, DaveFenoy.com, yes. narrating the front. Yeah, and I, I, we should cap it there because we yep. will start and forget somebody and do all these mm-hmm. different things. Thanks to family and friends and all that jazz. I said stop. I'm just saying. We're not thanking Alfredo. Well, fuck you, Alfredo. Fuck you, Alfredo. Bastard. Playing over your games over on that Twitch. Mm. Alfredo plays. Everyone should subscribe. I'll say something about that. It was a great event. We had a great time. Colin. Wait, I have to go to the bathroom. Oh, bathroom break. Pee pee break. Colin. Yes. What's your topic? I'm on my phone here because I'm trying to pick, pull and, it up here. And for the record, I was on my phone in the last topic because I was booking well, Trevor's you're, you're, cab you're, to get him here for the games cast. What are you going to say? What are you going to do? How are you going to hurt my feelings said, I already said, I hurt my feelings. I already said it. It's because you're rude. I said it already. Uh, Greg, what I'm... Oh, that's not nice. <laughs> what I'm really into is uh, a lot of things. But uh, etymology is really interesting to me. Not necessarily about words, but about where is that, That's when you cook from. marijuana into 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 food. Pre- precisely. That's, that's precisely infusology. Oh, okay. Edible, um, edibles. That's where etymology comes oh, from. Oh, edibles. Right? Now, one of the things that I was talking about with, uh, with Troy Baker at the live show was our our shared love of etymology, mm-hmm. our shared love of where things come from, like right. words and sayings. And he taught me where the term green room comes from, which I didn't know. I didn't know. Hmm. What is it? And when we were in the it? green room, he taught it to me. So back in like the Middle Ages... Or even oh, in the, even I, in the rent, well, maybe, or even in the re, even in the Renaissance, 
everyone smelled bad. You know, like every there was no there was no deodorant. Th- yeah, there was just it was just, it was different in terms of you know grooming and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So everyone yeah, smelled like shit. So at plays when actors would be getting dressed and undressed, they'd smell like shit. And to get rid of the smell or whatever, they'd put like green herbs down on the ground that when you'd step on them, it would like early no. like express a, a, it. aroma, mm. yeah, express it or whatever. And that's where the term green room comes from. That's interesting. Um, so I was thinking about that and I'm like, well, there are a bunch of sayings that we use but don't know what they mm. mean, mm. what they really mean, like throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Uh, uh, this like is that. really, and so, really funny. Um, kind of. So there's there's a bunch of these websites, but I'm using BuzzFeed just because it's snappy and, and pithy. Sure, um, pithy. And so I'll start with one that I know, and I just want to I'll just name and we'll just go as long as we want. I mean, it doesn't really matter. Real quick, and, I want I want to give a shout out. So earlier, I mentioned Flula is the German dude in Pitch Perfect that I was talking about. Mm-hmm. His whole thing is his YouTube channel is etymology or is like it'll be like random phrases oh, like this. So you're gonna be good at this. It's just well, no, no. But what he does is he like like a hot mess. But like he'll do like the German version. He's like a heated mess. Why? Why? And it's it's really funny. You guys should definitely check that out. Okay. And also check out the video me and Nick did last week on youtubecom slash kind of funny. That was Nick tries to name the Pokemon because I did a lot of the etymology of the Pokemon names. Right. And that was fun. So yes, I get I didn't get any of them correct. Are you ready? You got a couple. Yeah, I'm ready. Let's rock and roll. I watched that video. It's very good, by the way. Thank it's you. Very good idea. Um, I'm gonna start with one that I know that the, the word. And again, this this story is by Adam Ellis over at BuzzFeed. In case you want to look it up. I know what this one is because Ryan Geddes taught me this, and I didn't know this. Mm-hmm. Do we? Does anyone know what "don't look a gift horse in the mouth" mean? Uh, mouth means. I heard you guys talking about this, so you know it already. So I do know about this. Tim, do you know what? I've it never means? even heard that. Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. A gift horse. Never look a gift horse in the mouth. The when someone gives horse. you something, and you're yeah. like, "Well, what is it?" And you're like, or, or like if I were like, "I'm gonna give this phone," you're like, "Ah, it's not a, it's not a, the plus. iPhone six yeah, plus." Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. you say, well, "Don't look a gift and horse." Like, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. You never heard that saying before. No. You know what it means. I've heard it. I don't know. I don't know the. So I didn't have to look at this. The this one I know. Thanks to Ryan Geddes, who now works at CCP. Troy also talked about it the other night. Yeah, and Troy. Oh, no, Troy. you were talking about it. It's Troy. That's right, right. Yeah. Um, back in the day, you know, horses would be exchanged or whatever. You'd buy a horse. And if someone give, gave you a horse, typically if you bought a horse, for instance, the first thing you'd do is look at its mouth and its teeth because as, it's, as it got older, its gums would recede, its teeth would be in bad shape, and you'd be able to age the horse and the health of the horse. But the term don't look a gift horse in the mouth means that if someone just gives you a horse, don't look at it in the mouth. Like they're giving you the horse. Right. It's rude. Being you know what I mean? yeah. yeah. So that's like where it comes from. Okay. That's the in order, like that. to do that, you'd be like, you'd basically be insulting someone saying like, I'm you're giving, giving me some. What do you well, I think it's a weird way to say the gift horse. Yeah. It's like if I gave but you pizza, yeah, but, the saying, pizza. But, the saying's hun- the but the saying's hundreds of years old. That's the point. Yeah. A lot of okay. these are. Okay. This is when horses were still around. They don't exist anymore. Oh, yeah. That, that's the point of confusion. Like you're thinking horses as far as horse power, as far as it's all about family. Yes. Fast and Furious. All right. That's what I, thanks, Kevin. So you ready for Toretto. this? So let's do a few of these, shall we? Oh, man, mm-hmm. Kevin. Let the cat out of the bag. Ooh. So I think that is because there used to be a world-famous cat burglar who would steal cats from people and sell them on the black market. Mm. And then someone finally found him and was like, hey, I know who you are. You let better let all those out cats the out of the bag or else I'm telling on you. Is it close? Mm. Is no, it not at close? all. Okay. Cats are crazy. That's what you think. That's what you think. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, an elaborate I, I, thing. I, I was trying to be clever, and you, but you get a laugh with you cats put, are you crazy. You put a cats in the crazy bag, so, and they come on. Up. So, in, in common etymology or common uh, you know usage, letting the cat out of the bag means like letting a secret go, right? right letting right, yeah. the secret or he the let big the cat name. out of the bag, right? Exactly. It, and in the story, it says meaning to reveal a secret, letting the cat out of the bag find its roots in 18th century street fraud. Suckling pigs were often sold in bags, and a popular oh. scheme was to replace the pig with a cat and sell it to an unwitting victim. Mm. Interesting, right? Yeah. Interesting. All right, here's another one. You're pulling my leg. 
So of course, pulling my leg today means you're joking, you're joking or you're Kidding like me. you're, you're yeah. fucking with me. Yeah, comes from the Zeppelin days. The when Zeppelin Ze- days when they laid unmoor the Zeppelin to let it go. Sometimes mm-hmm. some people would hold on to the, would grab the guy's leg as he went. He'd be like, ah, that we're still moored. And then I was like, oh wait, it was never tied to my leg. It was just it was just Jones down there, Jonesy taking <laughs> on my just leg. pulling my leg. I think it's when back when kids would try to sneak into carnivals, they would get on stilts and wrap a big oh, trench yeah. coat around yeah, themselves. Yeah, yeah. And then so that in order to test whether or not you were lying about your age, someone would go over and pull your leg real quick just to see if you fell down. That's what you think it is? Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good That's one, too. That's a good really one, too. Good, good answer. It's like, it's like yeah, family feud. Yeah. We're going to nail one According of these. According to this story, it says, meaning to tease someone or jokingly lie to them, pulling one's leg actually has sinister origins, rooted in the criminal world of the 18th century. Street thieves would literally pull victims down by their leg in order to more easily rob them. Jesus. Pulling one's leg. That's terrible. So it's like you're really fucking. With I was people. close though. They're like down in the sewers. Yeah, you were close. I'm gonna give myself. You, the point you brought on that carnivals one. into it. I did. Carnivals I are scary because they're scary. Carnivals. Mm. Like nothing good happens at a carnival. I just want you guys to realize. People get this. sick a lot. Candy. A, lot of, a lot of people get sick. You eat people the get candy. Sick. You go on the gravitron. You get sick. I happen to me. Happened to all. Of us. How about can't hold a candle too? So that means like you Farts. can't compare or you can't. Like that one's this doesn't be. compare. This doesn't hold. You know. This one, I would say, the realistic answer is that back in the day when they were selling stuff or trading stuff, you bring a you bring a candle to it, and it would you'd be like, oh well, this one isn't authentic, so you can't hold a candle to it. Mm, yeah, that would be my good. I mean, it has to have something to do with candle light, as in there right. didn't used to be electricity, yeah. so you would need candles to illuminate the flaws and something. Sure. Before electricity, workers needed a second set of hands to hold a candle for them. This is according to BuzzFeed. Holding a candle was clearly a less challenging job, so someone who isn't even qualified to provide light to a competent worker obviously wouldn't be able to perform the task himself. So Kevin, there was a bunch of Kevin's having to go around. Oh no! Oh, (laughs) I don't quite get that. Was that a siren or ghost? That's the crowd. That's the the city audience from Fresh Prince of Bel Air. When Fresh Prince, when he was like, "What, Uncle Carl? That ain't cool." Uncle Carl. Was Uncle Phil? Excuse Uncle me. Phil. Who's Uncle Carl? <laughs> Carl's on Carlton. Matters. I was thinking Carlton. <laughs> I like this one. I like this one. Okay. Okay. Close, but no cigar. Damn. Oh, that's got to be from racing, right? Or from it's either racing or childbirth when you would smoke a cigar. Oh, because your kid right be born, when she miscarries right at the end, so you like, don't oh, give her the cigar. Oh, close. So we were close to lighting this. Yeah. It's I'm a boy go cigar. Light, and you're like. Now I'm gonna go get my <laughs> my it's a stillbirth cigar and like that. No, this is really oh, morbid. This is really morbid. What is it? What's the reality? This is this is an interesting one. Carnivals used to give out cigars as prizes, so almost winning would get you close to oh. achieving a cigar, but oh, not okay. quite. The phrase evolved in meaning and now refers to someone coming close to a goal but fa- falling short. Makes sense. I like how now the carnivals get involved though. The carnivals are always mm. have always been involved. Mm, okay. We just didn't know this. Like okay, okay. carnivals because, are the salt of the earth. Well, car- the carnival is the HBO of the the, the Middle Ages, basically. Got it. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. That's a really good point. Mind your P's and Q's. Typewriters, they made shitty P's and Q's. So you had to mind them. Mm. There was a carnival, and um, the bathroom line was really long mm. for the to go pee. So you got or your Q. No, you Q oh, up. Oh, the Q, you Q the, up. the line. Ooh. In Ooh. Pa- when you pantomime for a film, you, say, you generally say P's and Q's, P's and Q's, P's and Q's, P's and Q's. They say watermelon, watermelon, watermelon. You can watermelon. say that as well, but you say P's and Q's, P's and Q's, because it looks like you're saying different words. Penises and... Pukes. And they, when directors say that, they say, hey, mind your P's and Q's. You're not doing it right, Gettys. Mm. And Tim goes, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Is that oh, real? Is it, what you said sounded really real. You can actually say P's and Q's. Okay. Like, people let's see, do what, that let's see what the real answer is. When you're on stage and, and you're supposed to be like mumbling, like, oh my God, P's and Q's, P's and Q's. Like, if a bunch of people say it, it sounds like people are whispering back and forth to each other. 
in the 17th century, pubs served beer in pints and quarts. Damn it. So if a patron was getting unruly, the bartender, the bartender might warn them to mind their P's and Q's. Wow. Damn. Now the term simply means to mind your manners, drunk or not. Mm. Mm. That's an interesting one. Let's we're, do a few more. We're 0 for 5 on these. We're having fun, though. And that's all that tra- matters. We're playing the game. Kevin's got a, uh, like a, like a ski mask on right now. It's weird. A beanie. Oh, it's a beanie. I thought it was one of those you pulled down. You're about to rob us. Like, give me all your money. I was like, you have all of it. We pay you way too much. Three sheets to the wind. Enough. Never heard of this. That's got to that have some being do. drunk. Yes. I'm three, three sheets, sheets to the wind. To the wind. Three, yes. three sheets to the wind. Three sheets is like, in, at least where I come from, like people just say three sheets. You, no. You're drunk. So you climb in through your window, mm-hmm. leave the window open. Curtains blow outside of the. I mean, they don't like fly away. They just right. you know get caught. All and blow three outside. of the, the sheets that you yeah. have. Hey, in the you got the one that blocks the sun, mm-hmm. the one that blocks the typhoid, mm-hmm. and just the one that you. There's the pretty one. The one that blocks the, the typhoid. One. This is an old one. This is an old one, guys. These are old sayings. I'm gonna go with back in the day before they had dryers. You used to have to hang your sheets. People would oh, get shit. drunk. Their pants would fall down because they didn't have belts either. Mm. They'd have ropes that they would tie the pants with. No ropes. They would in this time be period. halfway home and realize, shit, I don't have any pants on, but I'm so drunk, I don't know where I left my pants because it's been hours because so yeah. I had to walk this right, thing. Right, right. Oh, there's four sheets four right sheets. there. There's the you know the, there's two beds in the house. There's the fid sheet and then there's the sheet that goes on top of it. They won't notice if I take the top sheet because who the hell uses that shit anyway? In Europe, they don't even have those things. I'm gonna wrap that around myself. Soy, what do they call it? Sewing my loans. What it? Girdle my loins with it. Girdle my loins with it. And I'm gonna. Wa- I'm gonna. I was thinking soma soma oats. I'm gonna walk home with it after I've girded my loins. Interesting. Yeah. Wrong though. Okay. Sailors had a lot of terms for being drunk, and they all related to the ship. Being tipsy was a sheet in the wind's eye, and being hammered was a full three sheets to the wind. The sheets in question were actually the ropes that held down the sails. So if all three ropes were loose, the sails would billow around like a drunken sailor. That's where the term comes from. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. BuzzFeed I'm, knows everything. I'm going to go to another one here. List 25. And who knows? You know, I've never heard of this site. How about bite the bullet? That one's kind of easy. Let me hear it. Kinda. So there's this guy out of car. There's a movie called Lethal Weapon. And in that, he wants Damn. to kill himself the entire time. So he, like, constantly he's putting the gun into his mouth trying to bite a bullet, i.e. shoot himself. But he can't do it. And then at the end of it. By, by halfway through, he realizes that he is not alone in life, and Murtaugh actually is his friend, and they're the best friends. And even though there's an age difference and an ethnic difference, they share a lot in common because they are the brotherhood of the law. In some war, I don't know which one, they have to do surgery type thing on the spots. Maybe amputate, maybe take a bullet Dance, out of you. So war. they take another bullet, and you bite on, bite down on that. Like you would a belt, which you mm, think or something. Close, yeah. Um, the meaning, of course, accepting something difficult or unpleasant. Is right. what we use it for today. The history. There was no time to administer anesthesia before emergency surgery during battle. The surgeon made patients bite down on a bullet in an attempt to distract them. Yeah. From yeah. We All got right. one. We, we got, got one. one, guys. But, like, why would that make sense? Because I would be so terrified I was going to bite the bullet and it was going to go through my brain that I'd be like, give me a... Fu- how about how a, bullets work. How about Somehow. a... But, like, if you're dying and someone puts a bullet in your mouth, you're not going to think maybe there's a weird way, like, my, my tooth's going to hit I'm that. I'm more so worried like, about <laughs> all my nerves and stuff bleeding. Let's like, give me a wooden, like a stick. Put that stick in my mouth. Let's, let's, do, a stick. let's do a few more. Okay. Caught red-handed. It's something, yeah. If you, if you kill somebody and then you have the blood on your head. Oh, that's a good one. It's something like that, yeah. I bet in 1800s they used to fucking paint whiskey bottles every day red so that if some fucking <laughs> asshole came in and took it, they'd know. In 1675. Here we go. <laughs> if they caught you stealing something, they would paint your hands red. So that everyone, everything you touched 
reminded people that you were a thief. Sort of like the scar. And then Hawthorne wrote the Scarlet Letter based nailed on it, that. Nailed it. Nailed the good answer. That's yeah. very close. That's very close. Tim, I think is closest actually. Today it says to be caught doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. History. The saying originated because of law. If someone butchered an animal that didn't belong to him, he had to have he had to have been caught with the animal's blood on his hands to be convicted. Being caught with freshly cut meat did not make the person guilty. So wow. you had to have the blood on your hands to prove huh? that you killed. Oh, interesting. The and again, this is these ones are from. List twenty five. Uh, Mary Reyes posted this. Let's do a couple more. Uh, this is the this is one, and I'm curious if you guys know this one. Okay, because this is one that um, that uh, Troy and I were talking about. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Seventeen fifty two. Yeah, this yeah. lady. Yeah, Mary Ellen, lovely lady, great woman, great singing voice. Fucking stupid as all hell though. Stunning body. Though. Bathes this baby in a bath. Right. <laughs> And that's how we lost Greg Tragic, Miller. tragic. Because it's like right before the Civil War. And they had those like washer, the yeah, washboards. Yeah, they had, yeah. She's doing it right there. And she picked up the she's towel. washing the baby? No, no. She Well, that's the problem is that yeah. she thought she, she was doing, killed two birds with one stone. Right. Washed that's the it. towel and the baby right there. At the end of the same time. Fucking man, I'll tell you what. <laughs> what? What are you telling <laughs> what me? What are you telling me? This, this clearly has something to do with the fact that back in the old time, there was no plumbing, so you'd have to fill the bathwater out of the window, right? Mm. Or you'd have, you'd, whatever you would had, you'd just throw out the window. Like they used to have like chamber pots and all that stuff out of the window. Yeah, but... they, yeah well, gross. Yeah, they definitely did throw their chamber pots they did. Gross. That's yeah. why there was, yeah, there was, that's where the plague came and from. Babies were stupid, open sewage so they're always everywhere. like crawling into shit. Got it. Literally. So today it means hang on to valuable things when getting rid of unnecessary things. But the history says during the 1500s, most people bathed once a year. Even when they did bathe, the entire family used the same tub full of water. The man of the house bathed first, followed by the other males, then the females, and finally the babies. You can imagine how thick and cloudy the water became by that time, so the infant's mother had to take care not to throw it out with the bathwater when they emptied the tub. That's People literally wow. stupid. That's crazy. That's disgusting. All right, let's do, let's do one or one two more. more. Oh, okay. I like, what was the two birds with one stone? I want to know what the etymology two is birds on that with one. one stone? Yeah. That's just a good rule of thumb. There's two birds there. You only have one stone. Try to kill both of them with it. You're right. Yeah. That's where it came from. Smart. Someone's like this. Hey, there's two birds right there. I only have one stone. Let's try to kill both of them. I played a video game recently where I lined up a sniper shot and got two guys with one bullet. Probably got a trophy for that. Yes. I didn't. I was very upset. Uh, Go the whole nine yards. Oh, Oh, man. It's a football thing. It is not. It is not a football thing. It's a closing thing. you know in football, if you run the nine yards, you get the extra three points. Yeah. So um, there was once in back in 1938, the Super Bowl, it was happening, and um, Tom Brady, Vince Lombardi, Vince Vince Lombardi was facing off against Tom Brady. Yep, and he mm-hmm. was just like, "You would have yeah. got it if you went the whole nine yards," but he only went eight, as we all know, classic eight, history. Yeah, just like Tim Couch, Nebraska, Mizzou, yeah, never forget it. it. Mm-hmm. Never forget, never forget. The ball went underneath his legs. Umbrushki. Crazy. Uh, no, this is clothing, right? Isn't this something to do with, uh, I want to say Scottish Highlanders, but it's not, where they had nine yards of like of wrap that they would wrap, be able to wrap themselves in? No, what you're thinking about is dressed to the nines. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Okay. Uh, this is, so the goal of the whole nine yards, it, it means today to try one's best. History. World War II fighter pilots received a nine-yard chain of ammunition. Therefore, when a pilot used all of his ammunition on one target, he gave it the whole nine yards. Nice. That's awesome. That's Awesome. That's now, cool. Now there's two more just because I, I want I like these. Yeah. And I'm glad that these are on the list. This one's morbid as hell. And I, I knew this one because it deals with one of my own fears. Saved by the bell. Wow. It's, I thought it was a fighting term. It was a 90s show. No, that was the best 90s show, first of all. Way better than that Boy Means World show. You guys are all fucking all up. Um, I watched an episode of that the other day. I was like, this show, 
is this one I feel like I know. Good. Do you want me to go if I think I actually really <laughs> yeah, know go for it? it? Is this the one where in the olden days medical technology and such wasn't a thing? So it was like some dude had to declare you dead. So they'd bury you, but they'd leave like a, a string to a bell, right? And like for like two days or something, they'd check it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Yep. So it says rescued from an unwanted situation today. History, as scary as it sounds, being buried alive was once a common occurrence. People who feared succumbing to such a fate were buried in special coffins that connected to a bell above ground. And night guards listened for any bells in case they had to dig up a living person and save them by the bell. Good lord. That's morbid. Yeah. And the last one Zach is, Morris. and I like this one a lot, waking up on the wrong side of the bed. Which is the one I've already, I, I also know something. This one's super easy. My wife always takes the left side of the bed. If I go over there, even when she's not there, she'll call me and be like, you're on my side she'll of the bed. She'll call your phone? She'll call the phone and be okay. like, I know you're on my side of the bed. To get you to roll you back to, to your get, side you of the bed. roll the, the hell phone. over because I don't want to be touched. we got a king size bed so that we could sleep. Okay? You want to cuddle? There's a specific time for that. The other stuff, specific time for that too. Once a week on Saturdays. And the rest of the time, stay the hell away from my side of the bed because if you're there, you're on the wrong side of the bed. Close. Okay. Waking up today what means... What if you read the description it's like, Nick Scarpino's wife. <laughs> yeah. Waking up in a bad mood is what it means today. Right. History. The left side of the body or anything having to do with the left was often associated with sinister. And for people that don't know, the word, the Latin word sinister means left-handed. Really? Uh, yeah, that, that's something I know. Because I just looked that up for one reason. Because lefties left. are yeah. freaky. Eric well, Hart's a lefty. You remember until, until 50 or so years ago, you weren't a left-handed person. They would make you a right-handed person. Mm-hmm. Like they would make you write with your right hand and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like no one wrote with. Yeah, hand. they may actually. I think the Catholics, the the, the yeah, nuns Catholics. at my uh, uh, when my uncle Paul was going through school, he's left-handed. They made they for like the first ten years he had to write with his right hand because they were like, no, you have to write with your right hand. He's like, but I'm clearly I can do it with this one. I'm like no, so yeah, he's like ambidextrous because it means sinister in Latin. To ward off evil, innkeepers made sure the left side of the bed was pushed against the wall, so guests had no other option but to get up on the right side of the bed, and that is what fucking weirdos. That's waking crazy. up on the wrong side of the bed. Uh, I thought that was interesting and fun because I, I I love how some of these things have transcended literally hundreds of years and we yeah. still use them and have lost total sight and of no what idea they what actually they mean. mean. That's so interesting. Yeah, it's yeah. true. So I thought that would be a fun one. That, that, that was a good one. Crazy. I like that good. one. That was a fun one. My turn. My topic comes from patreon.com slash kind of funny and it's from Shahar. Now before we get there, I want to let you know, Nick, I have bad news. Yeah. This isn't about the topic at all. Okay. But something I've long feared has happened today. And that's that I have broken the chair I'm sitting in. No. If you've noticed, I am listing to the side. The legs are cattywampus. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, let's. Well, we have another chair. No, no, no. We're, we're going to finish the show. Cattywampus. Can we not forget? Greg just said These that. All, do you remember? The, do you know the origins of cattywampus? I definitely not. Well, there was once uh, a you're just, yeah, you're just loose. The size of a cat. You'll be all right. No, I know. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> Wait, really? No. It's a cat bottom. God damn it, Greg. I was so excited. Shahar writes in with a topic. What celebrity would you like to spend the zombie apocalypse with and why? Of course, he gets this topic submitted because he went to patreon.com, backed us there. Patreon.com. Kind of funny. Well, 100% easy for me. I think mine's super easy, too. So let's on the count. You count it to three, and then we'll both say ours at the same time, right? It's going to be completely different. On three or after three? One, two, three, and then me and Nick go. Let's all say it. Everyone's answer. Well, then fine. Kevin, count us in. One, two, three. Ted, Ted Nugent. <laughs> See, mine's similar to yours. What was yours? Yours is Ted Nugent. What'd right? you mine's say? Joe Rogan. Because they're very much the He's got a lot of guns. He knows how to hunt. He knows how to uh, exist out in the wilderness. He's yeah. got a, and he understands, like, he understands basically, like, he would be the guy that if we needed to go live out in the woods for a while, I would trust him above all other people to go do that. Yeah. 
Well, what about 100%. Ted Nugent? You don't, you don't trust... No, Ted, you don't, I don't automatically think Ted Nugent because I'm not a screwball like you are, but he, he would be like in that, too. In this situation, I need a screwball like Ted Nugent. Oh, yeah. Crossbows, guns, yeah. hunting, Crossbows especially living out like, in the woods. That's the thing with, with uh, Joe, was he's like, he talks a lot about when he goes hunting, they use uh, bow and arrow. Right. No, they're no, they're not like man-made bow and arrow. Like, they're not making like taking down no, their own... No, he's got like the compound bow. Yeah, he's got a compound bow that probably costs like a few thousand dollars, but that would be... Kev. Guess being able one to minute. reuse the arrows and things like that, I think would be also make sure in important. that edit you don't see my phone. <laughs> That'd be true. But make your little note. Write your little fucking note. I, I pay for that pen. You use it. <laughs> no, that's the thing with Ted Nugent is that he would mm-hmm. be out there. He'd be ready. To, he's ready to live on the land. Mm-hmm. You know, you know Ted Nugent, right? I do not. Cat scratch fever. Cat scratch fever. I was going to say the, the one, the one, Bam. yeah, the one thing is he every once in a while I take out his guitar and he's like, ding, 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 yeah, Ted, you know, and he's like, oh, I remember calling over some ding, zombies, man, and then he fucking kill them all. He's a all famous, right. he's a famous rock musician, okay. uh, survivalist. That, that is like a survivalist, big time. Yeah, he has like a compound, right? When Doesn't I he have met, a compound? He like lives off of his own land and right, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. When I met Ted Nugent. It was when Did I was, you really? Yeah, oh yeah. When I was back in Missouri, he came through to tour some ammunition, like gun, whatever store, I forget, whatever. It was a huge one in Columbia. Big NRA guy, right? Big NRA yeah. guy. So I, wa- I got to go I'm meet him thing. and stuff and interview him along with some other reporters, and we were like in a little thing, and he pointed me out, he's, he's, and he's like, blah, 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 what do you think, kid? And I was like, yeah, because I was like the youngest guy there. But it was like, he was he's crazy. Like in the best way, yeah. Like you know, like he's not, like uh, yeah, he's I don't, ex- think, I don't think, think work. Crazy. I don't think any of his screws are loose at all. No, I, just I think, think he's, he's excited. Totally, but I mean, yeah. like just the way he, you know what I mean, with like guns and ammo and everything mm-hmm. else. I'm not. I don't mean like legit crazy. I I think he's got a, obviously yeah. a good no, head on his shoulders. He's just at that place where he got he uh, he's been so successful that he can live. He doesn't necessarily need to ascribe to the severe societal norms. Right, he can go buy a ranch. And have animals there, exactly, and hunt exactly, and, and and shoot whenever he wants, and do all those things, and live basically however the hell he wants, as long as he's not breaking any major laws, because that's he's got that much money. Same with Joe, where Joe's been so successful, where you know, um, the one thing I'd say he'd have a leg up on is that he's very multifaceted, right? Where he knows how to hunt, but he also knows shitload about MMA, so he could train all of us, so that as we all know, in the zombie apocalypse, zombie, the zombie apocalypse, the zombies aren't the dangerous people; it's the other people, it's the other people. Mm. And so that's what we have to really – the zombies are easy. You just kind of walk away from them as long as you know how to survive and can hunt yeah. on your own. You're probably going to be okay. It's when we run into – Man, you know, man. To a year into it where everyone that, that's left are some raw dog motherfuckers like like we're going to be. Right. And like we know that it's them or us. Joe would be the kind of guy that would train us how to like ambush people and go rear naked, choke the shit out of them yes. or do whatever we need to do. And maybe we don't even have to kill them. We just choke them. To their sleep, and we steal all their gack and let the zombies. All their gack, all their gack. Yeah, Nickelodeon gack. I was gonna say they got a lot of gack. Uh I love gack. Make the fart noises with it. You said Allison's comedian. So now she's on the brain lately. She's so hot. Because she's so. You'd last three days with her, but they would be a glorious three days. Yeah, Yeah, that'd be good. So I'm taking a different tact here, right? You're not trying to survive. You're trying to maximize your fun time. A a zombie. If the zombie apocalypse is gonna happen, my only real authentic hope is to get back to Long Island. Sure. Because my dad's there and we're trapped, brother. Yeah, and and Long Island will be fine. I actually, and I was talking to my brother about this, like. Long Island is so isolated because we all the we could just destroy all the bridges in the New York City and there's no way to get there except oh, for ferries. Eat, so though? like you'd have to eat. Yeah, well we have, farms. we have farms, lots of farms and lots of seafood. So I'd have to eat seafood, which is unfortunate. But we have corn and potatoes for it's days, man. Though. <laughs> and greens, we got all sorts of lettuce. Do you have high fr- fructose corn syrup? No, y'all got high fructose corn syrup. Mm. I don't think we can produce that there. But yeah, we have shame. Long Island corn is something special to. But I'm taking a different tact where it's like, well, I'm not going to be able to get back to the island to be with my dad because that would be the safest place for me to be, probably. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I'm just going to enjoy my time with this gorgeous woman, and all I want—I I just want to, you know, let's just spend time together. We can read, right. we can, mm-hmm. but at least I'll be in the yeah, presence. You're not trying of to make a, this dirty, like oh, a no, tim, probably. No, not necessarily. No, not unless she wants to make it dirty. 
But that's it's gonna be up her. to her. That's I think her. I think Allison Bree would want to make it dirty with you, Colin. Oh my god, that would be so I, I honestly do. That'd I just be fantastic. Let you know Thank that. you, I appreciate that. Because yeah. she's so incredible that it's like, well, she's I'm gonna really d- funny. I like her. Like I'm gonna die. Mm-hmm. I might as well be around this beautiful. We could just sit there and read books, but at least I'm gonna be around this gorgeous woman. And I, this is a better way to go than trying to survive when I'm not going to survive. Like I'm fact- three thousand miles away from where I need to be. Mm-hmm. There's no way I'm gonna get there. So I could just be around. Alice burning, and Walking Dead outside, screams, gunshots. You're fucking reading. You're in your room. <laughs> How long? Don't get here when I get here. <laughs> How long do you think it would take us until we had Thunderdome? Because I would want like a happen. like a week. I would just be like, oh, let's get to Thunderdome. You gotta go. So it's probably gonna be in Nebraska somewhere, or Kansas, yeah, so. and there's gonna be some sort of you know society of 50,000 people in there, survivors that have somehow eradicated the zombie threat around them. And... Yeah, that's my thing about Walking Dead. Was that like, there's not one society out there that were like 10,000 people strong, you know? I guess it just didn't happen. No, I mean, was, I mean that's the whole thing is that... I'm asking Greg. He's checking his phone. Yeah, right Greg's guy. too busy. I'm trying to get Trevor in the fucking house, everybody. Jesus. Kevin's on it. He's fine. No, I'll he's not, that. clearly. I'm getting text messages that Kevin is not. Kevin has wandered outside. He's probably been hit by a car. He's probably rummaging through the fridge. He's like, hey, is that a dead body over there? And then he just walked off. He was so excited about talking to the zombie apocalypse that he just had to get out of here. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's my difference. Typically, we talk about how do we survive, and and that's what everyone talks about. But it's just like, you know what? Maybe I just have to accept that I'm not going to survive, and I'm going to be in the the presence of a beautiful woman. And if you have any doubt of how beautiful Allison Brie is, watch that new Smirnoff commercial when she's getting into the and out of the limo. Holy God Almighty. Oh, no. She's, Holy God she's beautiful Almighty. Woman. She might I be love her. Uh, perfection. Because she is, first of all, let's just let's take a step back. Let's take a step back, everyone. Be careful. She's beautiful. Absolutely oh my God. beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. But not only that, was, I've met the woman. She came to, uh, she was on our set for Comic-Con two years ago uh, because of community. Yeah, yeah community. probably. Yeah. And she's really nice. And she's really funny. And a really good actress too, because you watch her in Mad Men, and she's a completely different person than you than you see her in anything else she's ever done. Um, so she might be perfect. Yeah, so I, I think I just have I just have such a. Huge I'm a crush little on her. jealous of that. So now I might have to take Joe Rogan and come and uh, take her away from you. To be perfectly honest, <laughs> that's probably <laughs> what's happening. Yeah, see, my answer is Daniel Radcliffe because I feel like it'd be fun, and he might. He be doesn't magic. actually do magic. Well, that's the thing you don't know that. <laughs> yeah, I know it. You definitely don't. He makes know that, magical Nick. movies. Yeah, he does make magical. And movies. I don't even mean Harry Potter one. I like that new. Have you seen that? What if? Is that what, what it is? The dick. You got a good dick. No, I didn't. I heard that's he a has play. a good dick. That's a, that's the a play. Indie? Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. yeah, it was cute. You got yeah, a good. It was a really good movie, actually. He's but, a good actor. Uh, he's very charismatic. I do like him as an actor. But he's a good dude. I didn't and, see horns. You know, everything he says is awesome, and like I like enjoy listening. Because he's like, oh, it's me, Daniel Radcliffe, Tim. It's something like that. He just calling the owls. Because that's a thing that people do. I don't uh, think Trevor. they call. Hey, Trevor. <laughs> I don't think they called in the owls. I think yeah, but the owls were sh- the. It was off screen, Nick. But like at no point in any of the Harry Potter books did they ever allude to the fact that owls, like Batman, mm-hmm. did they like throw a thing down and all the owls came and like attacked. Well, it's because they, yeah, they, they can talk, talk to That's because they didn't have to deal with the zombie apocalypse yet. It's, it's gonna true. happen. It's very true. Yeah, we should write some fanfic. We should write fanfic about this, yeah. about how we all got our celebrity where, friends. Where it's just Joe Rogan, Allison Brie, Harry Potter, and what the Nugget Man or whatever it was, <laughs> and the Nugget Man. <laughs> Ted Nugent. Ted Nugent is the most likely to watch this video, <laughs> and you just call him the Nugget Man. He's the Nuge, goddammit. The Nuge. The, the, nuge. Okay. the Nugget Man. The Nugget Man. You sicken me. Your lack of classic rock knowledge. We're telling him I can't stand to look at you anymore. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's another episode of the Game Over Greggy Show. Each and every week, four, sometimes five best friends gather on this table. Each bring a random topic of discussion for your amusement. If you like that, 
please throw us a few bucks over at patreon.com slash kind of funny and get the show early each and every Friday. If you don't like that, don't worry. We post the show topic by topic day by day over on youtube.com slash kind of funny before putting the entire thing up on podcast services and that there YouTube. Thank you for your support with kind of funny live. Thank you for supporting Tim as he continues to struggle in his life of what shirt will I wear today? He never knows. Will it be the V-neck this, this, or the V-neck? Today was the 2015 Express blue V-neck. So okay. thank you. Shout out to Express. Please sponsor me. Okay. Everybody download the app. It'll be on Android soon. Maybe by the time this posts. Everybody go to the forums. Sign up for the forums. Trevor, I'm letting go of Pertillo. Don't pet him. Oh. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.